Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of his age. Feels too small to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blinded by sin, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Father, look at all the things. It's just amazing. The Bible is definitely reading just like a newspaper. It's one thing to see the tsunami heading at you. It's another thing when your feet get wet. It's a completely different dynamic. And we see this in play right now, Father, and we just pray in the name of Jesus that you will protect your children, protect your servants, protect those of us who are smack dab right in the middle of it. And we are. And most people don't realize the magnitude and the amount of uh, freight trains, really the, analogously, the freight trains that are heading at everybody at the same time. Whole bunches and bunches of freight trains coming from the left, from the right, from the front, from the back, and they're heading straight at us, and most people don't even see it. Oh, my goodness. Father, we just praise you. We thank you for helping us to understand the things that are happening and to be able to correlate the data to be able to look at hundreds of different news sources and articles and be able to weave it together into a tapestry that aligns to the Bible, uh, puts us exactly where we are in the end times, and uh, it's alarming. It really is alarming, and when those trains start running over people uh, in huge numbers, it is going to explode. It's going to be absolutely horrific. Father, we see it coming, and we thank you for that, and we ask you, please, in the name of Jesus, if you would, kind Father, um, just like it says in at the end of the third seal, do not harm the oil or the wine. We pray in Jesus' name, Father, that what you know, whatever it is, if we have anything in our lives that needs to be adjusted or whatnot, you know, uh, any behaviors, any things that we, anything that we feel in our heart that isn't right, Father, we need it to be revealed to us now. Uh, we we ask you and we pray, James one verse five, uh, that because it 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 says to 
any of us who seek wisdom, let them ask you, Father, who gives to all liberally, liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given to them. And, Father, we are asking you, Lord our God, to please provide for each and every one of us, every listener of this program, past, present, and even future, um, place that wisdom into our heart in the form of an anointing so that we are able to prioritize, you know, prioritize all of the things in our lives that need to be prioritized and moved upon extremely fast. Father, we also pray, and and please reveal that wisdom to our hearts that we're able to make intelligent, smart, God-ordained, you know, do the changes in our lives. You know, if we need to be buying a little bit more food right now, then, Father, place it upon our hearts so strong that we can't even help it. I know, I've had it happen to me, Father, and I know that you what you'll do sometimes where you literally, like I, I've had, I've had, I don't even know what it was, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Godhead. I don't even know, but my whole body was taken over. Uh, and I, it was like I was out of control. And I just went and did something on, on almost like an autopilot. And, Father, we need that. Uh, we need that autopilot outpouring of your wisdom in each of our lives because each of our lives are different. All of our life dynamics are different. And Father, we pray a special prayer for those uh, of your children who are, you know, there's so many of them, Father, and you know who they are. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to help them. Those of us who have been blessed, you know, raise up before our hearts, you know, those of our fellow brothers and sisters who are, you know, they're raising several children. They are barely able to keep the lights on, and they don't even see these things coming at them as well. So, you know, we're, we're asking the Lord for a lot. We know that the throne room has got to be fantastically busy right now, um, but we are asking you, just like it says in Daniel 9.24, to please incline thine ear, Father, and do not delay, because we, your servant, need, we beseech you, Father, we need guidance. Okay, you know, when, when once the, you know, it's one thing to talk about the tsunami, it's another thing to see the thing coming right at you. And it's especially another thing when your feet are getting wet. So, Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that that anointing of wisdom will come right, 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 absolutely right down from your throne room through the Holy Spirit. Anoint each of our hearts. Get us ready in whatever way that we have to be ready and ought to be ready. And, um, and please, don't, we're, we're asking you, please, Father God, please don't let any of us not hear, okay? The, the, the world is the end times. It's as end times he is. It's going to get, it's going to get a lot worse, of course, in, in the future. Uh, but Father, it's it's highly distracting to, to, to a lot of us. And um, in the sense that we have to work, we have to continue to keep the lights on. We have a whole lot of other things in our lives that, that we can't just let them go. Um, you know, for example, my insurance company letter that I have to address. So Father, there, you know, I'm just one of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of your people that are awakened for the days that we're in right now. Some people see certain things happening. Some people see other things happening. Some people focus on one particular thing. But at the end of the day, Father, we have been so blessed by you to be able to see this humongous portfolio of end times events and see that all these various freight trains of ugly are heading directly at mankind. And we'll just leave it at that. And we just pray for an extra anointing for each one of those of us who love you and and really wish that we could just spend all day long in the secret place of the Most High um, and just be in your presence. Father, and I just thank you for everything that you have
have done for all of us. And we pray in Jesus' name that uh, that anointing of wisdom, uh, the prioritization of the things and activities that we need to, to move upon quickly, whatever they are, because each, each of our lives are different. Father, we pray that you will outpour those into our hearts so that we are able to be better prepared for the things that are heading at us right now. Praise your holy name, Father. Thank you for not delaying. Thank you for imparting that wisdom upon each of our hearts and helping us to start executing on these things because uh, otherwise that, that you know, it, it, uh, we'll all get Isaiah 57 and, uh, you, know, it, you know, or similar. And um, we're just asking, Father, to help us because we want to help you. Okay, just like it says in Isaiah 43, 25. We praise your holy name. And now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, our Lord Jesus, and present us faultless someday before your presence, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Amen. Praise God. So um, Justin, uh, my brother Justin uh, up in Canada is telling me that the sound quality is good. Um, Sister Vera up in Ontario, Canada is saying the sound quality is staticky. Um, so I'm, I have to t- go with the good. I'm going to run with the good. Um, Vera says, oh, no, no, no. I've tried it on several different computers, but that's really kind of irrelevant because if your if your Internet feed going into your home up there in the Great White North is a little wackadoo, uh, your house and your whole neighborhood is going to have staticky sound. OK, so we have another person that is, uh, you know, probably an hour or two south of Sister Vera who's saying the sound is good. 
So I'm going to run with the good because I don't really have a choice. I got too much information that I have to get out. And, uh, and you know, I can also double check. Sometimes people send me emails and confirm, uh, please, please, please have louder volume. No. Okay, so for any of you out there that um, want, you know, louder volume for the radio show, uh, the answer is no. I don't have any control over that at all, and I cannot turn the volume up. Okay, so that has to be something that happens at your computer. And uh, some of you, if you're using things like iPads or whatever, you, you're going to have limitations. Okay, and you won't be able to turn the volume up enough, and it will be frustrating. And unfortunately, there is not a thing I can do. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway... Wow, wow, and wow again. So let's go ahead and take care of the kids real fast, and then we're going to jump into the news. we got two hours to get this out, and we got a lot of news. And it's um, absolutely – okay, now wait a minute. Now I'm, I'm getting conflicting reports from so many different people, and I don't know what the beliefs – Justin says it's good. Jim Boyer – Jim says it has a little static. I don't know what that means. What does a little static mean? I don't know what that means. I, I, I wish I did, but I don't. I, I don't know what a little static means. Um, so that kind of puts me at a disadvantage because I, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I really, really, truly do not. So what I can do is I can take a chance. This is a very high-risk issue based upon people telling me that I have a little bit of static. And I can disconnect from the radio show and reconnect again. Uh, you know, I, Debbie has sent me an email. She says, blessings to you sounds good. So Debbie, Debbie W. has said that the sound sounds good. Justin, Boy, uh, Justin uh, uh, we'll just say B, up in Ontario, tiny Ontario, says the sound sounds good. Okay, uh, then Jim Boyer says it sounds staticky. So I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to disconnect the call, double-check a setting, and reconnect to the call. So hang in there for me. Here I go. Okay, so I just disconnected from the program and reconnected up with my Skype connection. Uh, I don't know if there's been any improvement. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to have to keep on going forward with the show. Uh, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Jesus. And you know what? We all do need to expect things to get pretty bad. I'm, I'm getting uh, personal communications coming in from California right now. That not only are they getting dumped on, uh, you know, 12 foot of snow and stuff like that, absolute crazy, crazy numbers, but they're getting flooding. They're having power outages all over the place. Uh, and then it, it's bad stuff. It's really bad stuff. And, I, and that's just a teeny weeny little itty bitty thing. OK, compared to all the other stuff that's going on right now. All right. And it says, I hear you. It's all good. Again, this is Justin feedback. Jim Boyer says that the static has gone away. Okay, so hopefully that lasts a little bit. Um, yeah, sometimes blog talk radio will have a problem. And I'll be like looking around at all of my wires and cables and schmables and gadgets and gadgets and things. And I'm like going, I'm thinking it's me. But then you know, it can be anything. I mean, it can be a solar flare. Uh, there's so many things that can happen that can affect everything is woven together into this tapestry of it's a collapse. I mean, really, everything is 
a colla- it's a collapse waiting to happen. The whole world is a collapse waiting to happen. As a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about that an awful lot tonight because the Vatican has just sent out a notification to all Vatican-affiliated financial institutions and dioceses, etc., that they need to move all of their money as fast as possible into the Vatican Bank located in Vatican City. Now, the reason they're doing that is because the global financial collapse is about to happen any minute now. Okay, and I'm going to explain that to you, um, but I will say this. Based upon the announcement from the Vatican itself to the Vatican financial entities and saying that they have a deadline to September 30th, that gives us maybe a little bit of time to breathe and, and make some smart decisions. But based upon the information that I have now, and I got to drink water because I had to take some blood pressure pills and a couple of valerian roots because I was getting pretty worked up about all this stuff. Uh, but anyway, you know, and then you got your, your job, man, I, I tell you, you know, and it's it's a blessing, but it's so hard because, you know, this giant tidal wave is heading right at you and you got to stay focused on your job, focused on your job. You know, it's just crazy. It's just so hard to do it. But anyway, um, uh, I, I, I think what I'm going to do is tr- kind of like weave the tapestry of the news, but I do want to summarize it. So basically the Silicon Valley Bank. I'm just going to help. I'm just going to make a prediction based upon the fact that the Vatican is calling in all their money to their bank. And we know who the Vatican is one of the most evil places on all of the earth. And they have their own black black ops teams. Okay, black ops are those that are way above the law. Okay, and they operate in their own little world and they can kill people and doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They can just walk into my room, shoot people up, and just walk and go home. That's fine. Uh, it's just like that CIA stuff we see on TV all the time. Well, they operate. If something, so you, you, you got the global elite, and then you got what I like to refer to as the global satanic crime syndicate. Well, the Vatican is at the. They're on the board of directors of the global satanic crime syndicate. You understand what I'm saying? So they have representatives that are literally sitting in the room. When Satan is sitting right beside them. Now, I know that that, to a lot of folks, that seems a little of a reach. But no, I'm telling you as a fact, Satan sits in the room. Now, he doesn't have big horns and, you know, big red horns. He shapeshifts into a good-looking man, just like that you see in the Fox TV show, Lucifer. Um, Until, evidently, according to Elaine, until you start, well, I don't want to go there. I don't even want to talk about it. All right, so. Um, uh, kids, are you ready for a couple of jokes? Because we sure do need them tonight. All right. Praise God. Kids, where do crayons go on vacation? Where do crayons go on vacation? Think real hard. Color, Colorado. <laughs> right, kids? Colorado's where all your crayons are at. All right. Okay, kids, what did the femur say to the patella? I need you. Get it? K-N-E-E-D, I need you. <laughs> I know. You're not biology people. You're probably not going to like it, kids. I, I, yeah, I thought. Yeah, you got to be pretty up on, uh, you know, 
<laughs> you're, you're, whatever. All right, praise God. I'll try this one here, folks. Okay, kids, are you ready? What does a cat have that no other animal has? Kittens. <laughs> How about that one? That one work out okay for you guys? Ah, praise God. And because we have so much creepy, scary news tonight, did Adam and Eve ever have a date? No. It was an apple. <laughs> what? That's a crummy. Uh, nah, I, I should have tossed that one. Kids, I, yeah, not, I don't blame you. I know. Adam, yeah, whatever. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, next thing up is what, what I talked about a little bit on the radio show. But, man, folks, when you see the tidal wave that's coming at us and how big it is, I'm really struggling on, on how we're going to make it to 2024. I'm just being frank with you. Hi, my name is Frank. Uh, Frank confused, <laughs> okay? Um, because the stuff that's coming at us right now, is it's huge. The other thing, though, it, that may be a little bit uh, exciting for us as we pursue our Heavenly Father with great fervor and Jesus, and he becomes our first love, and we talk to him and sing to him, and we... we, we Intimacy, very deep intimacy is what we need to be developing, and love, very deep love. And then, of course, that will overflow you, and you will love others and buy their food and do wonderful things for them, which is exactly what the father, our Father would want you to do. Now, all that being said, um, we need to really have our priorities in order because it's coming. All right, it's one thing to be starting your way into the second and the third seal. It's another thing to like go, oh, oh, we're not just looking at the signs. You know, it's, you know, for example, imagine the analogy I would use is that you're, imagine that you are a geologist, right? And you specialize in, in the study of faults, uh, hurric- uh, earthquake faults. And your specialization, you're, you've gotten this gigantic multi-million dollar whatever grant, and you're supposed to study the faults in the state of California. All right. Now, when you start to do that, it, you know, let's, let's just pretend like you're brand new at it. And you start kind of at the tippity top and you, you say, wow, look at there. There's a big old crevasse going down this uh, valley. And what do you know? That's the San Andreas Fault. But when you really start using your infrared systems and satellite and all kinds of really fancy-pancy technologies, et cetera, what what you start to discover is those fault lines are – there's thousands of them, and they are layered on top of one another, and they go way, way, way down. So the whole state of California – a lot of people don't realize this, but the state of California, it's just a big old ledge with – a and it's cracks. I mean, it's all cracked, and it goes down really deep. So it's not just the San Andreas Fault. There's probably about another half a dozen faults underneath the San Andreas Fault that maybe don't even have names, okay? And that's how bad it is. Now, when, when you apply that to the things that are happening for the end times right now, um, it, that analogy fits. Because what we're seeing, and we sh- of course, we ought to be aware of these things. We Hopefully, by now, the listeners of this radio show, even like when, I, when we're having talks with Robert Vandrius Mitchell and how the uh, Illuminati fight amongst one another and how the WEF just made an announcement, I believe it was early this year or maybe mid, mid-year last year, 
where they said, hey, we're all getting along together and we'll be able to accelerate the global reset. Well, they weren't joking. And um, and now they've set target dates and they're in, putting in all the facial recognition systems. Now, you know, the United States will be their hardest target, of course. They're still wiggling their way in, uh, but because what they're doing is they're going around the governors. So, for example, governors like DeSantis that says, Florida is where woke comes to die. Well, he means well, and he's, he's doing constitutional amendments to make sure that woke does come to die in Florida. The problem is these are some sneaky fallen angels, and they are creepy, and they will sneak in your back door, sneak. They'll come up from every direction. They'll come out of your, you know, it's going to analogously, they're going to come out of your attic. They're going to come out of your basement. They're going to come out of the back windows. They're going to, every place they can come at you, they're going to come at you, and they're going to sneak around you. And then they'll pay off like a mayor and they'll start doing a 15 minute city in Fort Myers, for example. And of course, you know, that happens. It, 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 they, they went around DeSantis. DeSantis would never have allowed that. But they paid off the mayor of Fort Myers and now he's all excited to be, you know, because they, they probably gave him millions. And once they, and then of course it comes with an NDA. Okay. And then that NDA is uh, life or death. You know, if you open your big fat mouth and tell anybody that this came from the Soros XYZ Foundation, not only are you going to lose the money, but we're going to kill you. All right. So you got to under kind of, you know, understand that the magnitude of the problem. Well, what happens is what happens, what happens when all the cracks in that those layers of cracks in those faults, all of the cracks crack at the same time. Okay, so again, I love analogies because I really think they're one of the best ways to be able to get a point across to people. But basically, what's happening right now with all the stuff that's happening simultaneously is this. The problem is some people will see the one thing happening. A lot of people will see the other thing happen. A lot of people are focused on January 6th. They're focused on the Twitter files. Everybody's got this place where their eyes are drawn to or their eyes and ears are drawn to. It's only when you put them all together that you're going like, oh, boy, this is not good. All right, and that's what we're essentially going to be – we've been – this program has been doing this for many, many years, but we haven't had so many things so scary. And these are scary things, folks. I mean, these are really downright scary. So we're going to have to progress in our relationship with our Heavenly Father and Jesus fast. So if you're dorking around and dilly-dallying about in your relationship with God and, and Jesus and the intimacy that is required and the love that you're supposed to have with him and the hanging out in the secret place of the Most High and making Jesus your first love, if you, if you are behind schedule on that, you need to get it down now, right now, because this is coming fast. 
I have a prophecy. I could look it up and read the whole thing to you, but I'm not going to take the time. We have too much material we have to get out, even though I still have an hour and a half to do it because uh, Dr. Joy and hopefully Zen, but again, it's tricky because Zen's got, he's 20,000 leagues under the sea sometimes and he can't join us, but um, we're hoping that he will. But anyway, um, uh, they won't be coming on until, let's see, 7 to 8 to 9, at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10. All right, so, uh, but the it's voluminous it's it's voluminous and deeply troubling so it's one th- it's one thing if you have like a whole bunch of apocalyptic headlines right you know you can talk about brush fires you can talk about planet x you can talk about the elliptical uh, orbit of the of the earth around the sun and the elliptical orbit of the moon around the earth and how all those things affect things including tides you can explain to people you can talk about that until you're blue in the face now, I could read to you Vedic texts and, and ancient Chinese texts about planet X. I could read to you, uh, you know, the Book of Enoch, uh, chapter 65, and Noah had seen the earth had tilted and knew that destruction was near. And you know what? You can do that all day long, and you're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right now, we're in the oh, my gosh category. So if we were to class of, if we were to make a uh, oh my gosh score from um, zero to ten, and ten is like rocks are falling from the sky and smashing your house into toothpicks, okay? And uh, you know one is what well, the kind of stuff we've been talking about for the last couple of years, et cetera. Um, when Right now, I would estimate we're probably – now, This you may say, well, Johnny, that's not all that bad, but that eh, kind of is. Okay, so we're somewhere, it appears, we're somewhere around a 6 on that scale of 1 to 10. And the problem is it's not one indicator. It's like a half a dozen or more indicators. Okay, and they're all registering on a you know a scale of a six at the same time. That's when things get spooky. <laughs> okay, look, if I'm spooked, then let me tell you something. All I can do is tell you what I know, read you the headlines. Hopefully, you will understand. Hopefully, our heavenly Father will impart upon you any adjustments that you need to make in your life, whatever, because we're running out of time. Now. I also did a count on the Friday night prayer vigil, and I'm going to share that with you. I had kind of a supernatural thing happen to me before the Friday night prayer vigil. Now, I also know that a whole lot of people are very, very aware of this book, and that's fine. God's perfect timing works different for me. God gives me things like at a certain time. So there, I may have a thousand listeners who've all read this book before, and they know already about it, and that's fine. But I won't know about it, and that's not a bad thing, because God will give me things when I need to get them, and that when is a big deal, uh, and I don't always understand it completely. All right, but I, I just so what happened was I got. Um, Three confirmations from Brother Jim. So I sent out. I, I, I okay. 
by an incredible electronic coincidence, I happened to stumble across a video, which I would normally never watch, that came in from one of the listeners of the show. And that same, the person who sent it to me also had never watched it before either. Okay, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So out of the clear blue, I get this video. I look at the video. I don't normally look at those kinds of videos, but I did. Okay, can I explain why I did? Why did I press the play button? Most of the time I won't. I'd say nine out of ten times, if not more. So I press the play button. I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive. My eyes are popping out. I did not know this. Now, like I said, you may have known this for years, but I didn't. Okay. And uh, there's a book that was written in 1896 entitled The Last President. And evidently, the, it, the, it was a, par, a series of uh, novels known as the Baron Trump, T-R-U-M-P novels. This one is entitled, the, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read you a little snippet here. It says, Baron Trump of the book is prone to getting into trouble, often mentions how huge his brain is, has a personalized insult for people that he meets, lives in Castle Trump, think Trump Tower. The last president, the final novel in this edition, is more of a dystopian novel, so it's Orwellian, rather than an actual children's book. It says that tells how, that, that, and this, this, this dystopian novel tells about the downfall of the American Republic uh, brought about by the selection of a populist president, by the way, Trump. Now, where I'm really having a hard time struggling is that, see, I, so what happens is I get excited. I send it over to a whole bunch of people. I got a mixture of responses like, you know, oh, well, we'll see, which, which I understand that response because I am impetuous and I get excited about things a lot more than I ought to sometimes. And, um, but anyway, I sent this over to Brother Jim, and Jim was – the Lord Jesus Christ was raining down confirmations upon Jim so hard that it was like, you know – you know, if you were, if the analogy was actually happening, the guy would have been totally soaking wet with a foot of water in his living room. Uh, and uh, literally within, I would estimate within five minutes, he got three confirmations. Okay, the first one was he did a check. He said, uh, "What what year is it now? When did Johnny get this?" Confirmation, you know, when did Johnny find out about this Baron Trump thing? All right, so he took that, he did math, he did the math to figure out uh, 1896 to today, or the or yesterday or whatever, when I got or Friday, sorry, when I got this notification about the, this Trump Trump thing. Okay, so he took that date and then he did the math going back to when the book was written, 1896. He opened up his thesaurus to he got the number, okay, the number of years, and then he opened his the source to the page of uh, that number. And it turns out that page is the word vanity. And it's got vanity, 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 egotism, egotism, that kind of stuff. All the synonyms you could ever imagine. Associate, and it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing because <laughs> if that doesn't describe Donald Trump, I don't know what. But then it wasn't that wasn't enough. So then he goes and he, he, he's like, he's on a roll. And he's like, okay, Father, you know. So then he goes and he looks at the total number of pages in the book entitled The Last President. Turns out that that total number of pages came to 324. So then 
Brother Jim goes and he looks at his strongs and he looks up OT324 and guess what it says? It says the presidents and the princes. That's exactly what I'm reading. I'm reading Strong's OT324, the presidents and the princes. What are the odds? You figure it out. What are the odds? All right. Well, if that wasn't enough, he says to me, oh, my gosh, I was just telling Debbie, my wife, about this this book that you sent you told us about. And look what's on TV. He snapshotted the picture on his television. And it's Donald Trump standing behind a big uh, black SUV with what appears to be uh, Secret Service agents nearby. Now, I'm like, this is getting really, really you know, it, it's way too supernatural to be nothing. You know what I'm saying? So what does this mean? I don't know. But when I look at all the things that we're going to be talking about tonight as we go through the news and what the likely – now, I have to be careful with this word – what the likely outcome could be. Because, again, we've always got to embrace the, the, uh, the you know, the, the uh, 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 book of Jonah and understand that our, God, our father calls audibles. He changes up the game. So, you know, it, it, so Amos 3, 7 says, surely the Lord God does nothing without first revealing it through his servants and prophets. But then it doesn't really go on and say sometimes the Lord relents after that. We have to know our Bible. We have to know the stories. We have to understand when Abraham was bargaining over the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, that was a form of contending with God, which is exactly how God wants us, you know, in some cases to be with him. Uh, same thing with Moses over the killing of the Israelites when our Heavenly Father got pretty upset with him. Um, you know, it, it's all over the Bible. It, it is a, it, it, The word is R-E-L-E-N-T, relent. You will not find it in the King James because King James is one dorked up boy. The people out there that think that the King James doesn't have problems with it, I'm, I feel sorry for them. But anyway, if you want to see the word relent, you're going to have to use the new King James and do yourself a word study, and you'll see it all over the place. Sometimes the Lord even says when he's going to bring judgment immediately, he will say, I will not relent. All right. So anyway, um, I did want to share that with you. What does it mean? I'm going to tell you. I don't know. Because I look at the – do you realize when you count the number of months, how long we have until – you know, even if Trump got elected, which is highly likely, you know, I mean, if it were to happen, you know, because of the, the sheer numbers and some of the strategies and tactics that they're planning on employing, they're going to use uh, the tricks of the Democrats to get more ballots. Um, it's a type, it, it, but they're going to do it legally. You see. Well, anyway, all that, all that aside, uh, when I start looking at all of the the things that are collapsing in on us right now, and they're coming like full steam ahead kind of thing, um, it, it's and then I say to myself, oh my goodness, how many months is it? Like we got all next year. And we got all the months that are left in this year, and we're only in the third month of a 12-month year. So that means uh, we got seven, we got one year and seven months. So, if, so if Trump did get elected, um, we still have one year and seven months for these fallen angelic reptilian entities and the Antichrist, who you know, and Lucifer. I mean, Satan himself is involved in these decisions. You know, Klaus Schwab doesn't operate in a vapor lock. If if my hunch is right and he is the Pindar right now, then they're meeting with Satan. 
in, in boardrooms. He's sitting right there. They're having conversations. They're strategically discussing, uh, here's our plan A, here's our plan B, here's our plan C, here, you know what I mean? And it's all rolling out at the same time, all right? And that's one of the things that makes it so unnerving. Now, we've been talking on this program about the fact that we are in the, you know, we're, we're somewhere in the second seal and the third seal, and we're at the early stages of the fourth seal, which is World War III, which bleeds over, by the way. We've talked about that on one of the programs recently. Recently. The one about planet uh, the three days of darkness. I hit that one pretty hard on that show. But the uh, World War Three goes right into the day of the Lord. So anyway, um, these things are all interconnected. There is a harmony. And yes, it turns out I was right about the theory I had regarding Jesus popping the seals on the scrolls and the scrolls rolling out in parallel. That is actually a fact. We're seeing it happening now. And we're also seeing what could be I say that with care, could be the beginning of the collapse of the petrodollar. And there's nothing that says that those scrolls have to roll out in any particular order. In other words, once the seals are popped, is it possible that the global financial collapse could occur before Russia starts World War, you know, moving their World War III engine in against Turkey and in against different countries and starts rolling their tanks, uh, kind of like the Blitzkrieg of Germany. Because really, when you think about it, NATO's impotent. They're out of equipment. I mean, yeah, they send seven tanks here and five tanks there, whatever. And you got some Polish folks that are all, you know, riled up and want to, you know, and we're not, and Russian Federation is not even fighting the Ukrainians at all. These are all mercenaries. The CIA-led mercenaries are using American equipment to correlate their weapons. That's what's going on. So when I listen to these pundits who are experts on uh, the Ukrainian war, it always troubles me when they say things like, the Ukrainians are putting up a really good fight over Bakhmut. And I'm like, you're not, these are not Ukrainians. These are mercenary forces, and they are extremely good. And that's why it looks like somebody's putting up a good fight, because they're using American technologies and they're using organizations like Blackwater and the Craft. They're using mercenary. And these are these are really top notch. OK, and that's who they're fighting against. These are not the 16 year old kids that they've been like, you know, grabbing off the street and throwing on the front line and all that stuff. These are really seasoned military people. And that's what's one of the things is slowing Russia down. However. I will point out that Russia has, in the last couple of days, it appears that they have begun their major offensive. So we've been talking about that for quite some time. And, uh, you know, one person would say, oh, I think they're going to do it sometime in the winter when the when the mud is no longer. Everything's got to be frozen. So they project, you know, I think it'll happen. Somebody will say, I think it's going to happen, you know, by December 20th or whatever. And then we're watching the time just tick, tick, tick by and nothing's really, you know, Russia's just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Well, that chipping away stuff. It surely looks like that ain't happening as much as I mean, they're going to continue to chip away. But what's what there's more. OK, so in the last several days, Russia has launched a wow. I don't even know how many, but an awful, 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 awful lot of cruise missiles and also some of their really expensive missiles, which are the 
extremely accurate hypersonic missiles that can't be stopped by anything. There is nothing on the face of the Earth that has the ability to stop or shoot down a hypersonic missile. And they're scary accurate. I mean, they could. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they could have them fly right in the exact window of a building that they, you know, from, from uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. So, uh, but they only used a small handful of those, but you can bet your sweet bippy that they were using them on the most important and strategic targets, but they blew Ukraine up something fierce. So when you look at the Ukrainian map and you look at the missile strikes from Russia, from the Russian Federation, and you consider that they are now breaking out the really good stuff, you know, the hypersonics, three to four times more expensive than the caliber of cruise, you... This is this speaks volumes, and um, and now people are really looking heavily at what's going on over there because phase one of an onslaught, a military onslaught, is you take out the infrastructure, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking out the infrastructure and strategic locations, strategic military locations, uh, uh, you know, uh, warehouses full of arm, armory and uh, uh, you know bullets and things like that. Uh, missiles and things like that, whatever. They're taking out the war machine, they're taking out the infrastructure, and they're doing it in a very, very aggressive way. That's a strong indication that they're going to go to the air, and then the next phase will be lots and lots of jets and bombers and things like that, whatever they need. Or, you know, Who knows? They might want to do more surgical strikes because they do want to protect the people as much as they can. They go from a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a special operation to a war footing, all bets are off. Now they'll they'll follow the Geneva Convention. They won't do anything out of out of out of line. However, unfortunately, the collateral damage in a true war situation is much broader. And that's kind of sad, but you know, there are the United States of Babylon the Great is doing everything it can with enforcing the hands of the leaders in the European Union probably under the threat of death, no doubt, uh, to do stuff that they probably don't want any part of, but they're kind of stuck, you know. Uh, and in some of in some of them probably, who knows, are are doing it because, you know, they're part of the collective, you know, they're part of the shapeshifters. Now, all that being said, uh, you got all that stuff heading our, you know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, we, the, 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 it's just amazing. I, I just so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start playing the audio clips, work our way through. But I wanted to. I'm not going to play very much of this one uh, because there's so much other material that we have to hit, uh, you know, get into. Uh, but I I did want to play a little bit of this because it was quite an eye-opening event for me. Um, there is a redacted. So if you find a redacted YouTube YouTube channel out there, but you know, just hunt for redacted. Uh, I did not know this, but the but the guy who runs, you know, he's he's him and his wife run the redacted uh, channel on YouTube, and they also have other locations that they do a little bit more risky stuff. So they don't get, you know, they, they're, they're, they're diversified, we'll put it that way, very smart about how they're doing it. Well, I did not know that he is a personal and good friend with Tucker Carlson. And uh, he had a little interview with Tucker Carlson, and turns out that Tucker Carlson knows way more than he talks about on his show. 
So I'm going to play a little snippet of this, and we'll just go ahead and start moving through the news. And hopefully I'll be able to stitch together the tapestry of the events in such a fashion that you'll get that same chill down your spine that I got down my spine, especially knowing where we are in the Bible. All right, so I'm going to start with this, and then we'll go ahead and just roll through the news with the various sound bites that are going to be included. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. All right, double-clicking it, bringing it up now. Oh, what, what did I do wrong? Doggone it. Wait, hold on. Tucker Carlson. There you might go. know him from his eponymously titled show, Tucker Carlson. Now, uh, what I'm going to do, because this is 40 minutes long and we don't have that kind of time, is I'm going to fast forward it up to the 30-minute mark, uh, 28. I think I'll start at 28. I'm not going to go to the very end, but I want you to hear some of the things that Tucker says in this. They're just like old friends talking. I mean, it isn't even like a classic interview. I mean, they're just they're laughing and yucking it up because they work side by side at Fox News together. What I did not know is that Tucker Carlson does not have a television in his house. And I think to myself, how in the world do you find out about all these things and do all these cutting edge programs with, you know, so he must, I don't know. I, I don't know how he pulls it off. He did not give that away. But anyway, I'm going to play it, play it from the 30 minute mark line. So you can hear a little bit of the, some of the stuff, because you know what? The takeaway is, yeah. He knows way more uh, than um, uh, than we, you know, uh, the typical watcher of his program would think. And I mean way, way, way more. All right, here we go. That's really scary. That's yeah. really scary. And that's how they've been silencing voices. You know, that's what they've been doing, taking down these small channels. They've been doing that. Uh, we saw that on Twitter, right? We saw what was happening on Twitter. So the Twitter files revealed exactly this collusion. Um, I do want to talk about January 6th. So the January 6th footage, when Kevin McCarthy came to you and your team about going through this footage, did he ever, we're talking about caveats and conditions, what you just talked about with Fox. Did, did Kevin McCarthy come to you with any sort of caveats or conditions? Chuck Schumer has said, you know, that Tucker's been cherry picking things. He wants to show on the show, which is laughable, of course, because in my opinion, we got to see already cherry-picked coverage during the January 6th hearing, so it's pretty hilarious and hypocritical to me. But anyway, your response to these cherry-picking comments and were there sort of any conditions about here, we're going to hand over 44,000 hours of footage, what was your thought on that? I mean, knowing you, like, holy, holy shit, what? We're going to look at 44,000 hours of footage? Well, we've been pushing for it since the first week. You know, one of my children was in the building when that happened wow. some one of my kids works in the congress and called me i was getting my hair cut ashley babbitt had just been shot he heard the gunshot um because he was right there uh i mean as an employee not as a as a protester right to be clear but um so i had been interested in it and of course i'm from washington so i i have been interested in that and since the first week i had said we should you know, let's find out what really happened. Everyone's characterizing it, in my instinct as a journalist, but also as a person, as let's know more. And they never turned it over. And for the record, I had been highly, highly critical of of McCarthy, of Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, for the last, I don't know, ever since I've been on TV, I've been critical of, of McCarthy. So um, we're not friends, for sure. Why did he give it to my show? Probably because I asked. I think we're the only people who asked. I mean, maybe there were others. I'm not aware of anyone else who asked. We asked. And here's the process in one sentence. We sent a bunch of producers up to Capitol Hill. They were uh, they came with a bunch of different stories they were interested in. They got a computer system 
use of the capital computer system, which allowed them to pull up separate rooms by you know location and time. They did not have facial recognition software, unfortunately, but they had this system which allowed you know what was happening in the speaker's lobby at this hour, and they watched all the tape, many many hours, and uh, and of the forty one thousand, you know, a, a huge percentage, the majority, you know, the capital complex is enormous. It includes the Library of Congress. There are security cameras in you know closets. You know, a lot of this stuff was just empty rooms. But of the relevant footage, we're not aware, and trust me, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out if we were being manipulated here. I don't think there's any way they could have manipulated it. It's, it is definitely possible that we didn't find relevant footage, for sure. That's always possible. But the two things I know are no one got in our way, including the Capitol Police, who later denounced us. We ran all of our footage by Capitol Police before putting it on TV and said, just to be clear, you are saying this could be a security risk. Is it a security risk? And only in one case, he said, we don't want you to show the details of this door, blurred the door. That the, the Jake, Jacob Chansley video. Yeah, that blurred section of the Jacob Chansley. Exactly yeah. right. And I announced that on the air. That's the only change we made, but we vetted this. The reason – Not because I thought it was a security risk. It's a public building that has tours through it every day. Okay, so um, – and they go into a lot more detail, and he knows a lot more. He, he, now, he, he admits that he made mistakes in his earlier career and was very opinionated. He apologized over that, and he even made a comment about how in the world does Building 7 come down on its own. So he's aware of that as well. So he knows a lot more than, he, uh, than, than, than people think he does. And I just wanted to bring that forward. I had no idea that uh, Clayton Morris and him worked side by side together. And um, I also did not know that Tucker was born and raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. So he's essentially comes from the foundation of the elitist. And, you know, his family is exceedingly wealthy, uh, but he's a rebel. He's a rebel, and uh, so uh, I was quite pleased personally to find out uh, that uh, he knew a whole lot more than he was letting on. Now, hold on a second. There we go. Hold on. Okay. Uh, hold on. One more thing. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. So anyway um, – so that, I think, is really important for us to be aware of because our natural proclivity or, you know, our tendency, if you will, would be that, um, hey, you know, we can't trust anybody. And, and um, you know, and, and, and again, each person is going to have a limitation as far as what they know. Okay. And it's only come out recently that the Pentagon and Fort Detrick were involved in COVID. However, that's unfortunate because the pandemic movie has been out for years and they were very clear. Judy Mikovits was like, yes, absolutely. This is from Fort Detrick. So if any of these folks would have done a little bit more homework, they would have been way, they wouldn't have been so surprised. But anyway, you get it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Thank you, Father. Hold on a second. Uh, let me, yep, yep, yep. Let's go ahead and head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. 
All right. Now, uh, in concert with what I just said about Tucker Carl's, and now I'm going to play another 48-second uh, audio bite from this is Tucker Carlson speaking, and I just want you to hear what he says, and we'll leave it at that, and then you will really get the depth of his understanding of quite a few things. So anyway, even things that I wasn't even aware of, uh, and a special shout-out of thanks to Sister Elena, who found this. Uh, she's very pro- she's very skilled at finding extremely hard-to-find stuff. Let's just put it that way. So anyway, uh, she sent this over to me, and I was like, no way, because I have studied uh, downed UFOs and the process that's involved by the Black Ops and the Chinook helicopters. They used to put them on trucks. Uh, I did see a video recently of one being carted on a truck. However, I was, I think it might have been faked. It might be a deep fake because they don't carry them on the back of trucks uncovered. Okay, so I, I don't get that. But anyway, I, I just... I don't it, it's irrelevant because we're just dealing with scout ships anyways when the big stuff gets here boy let me tell you something the world's going to change real fast all right so anyway uh, let me go ahead and play this little Tucker Carlson bit and it's about UFOs let's listen and by the way it's something I did not know which surprised me all right hold on here we go Weird Stanford medical school professor he comes on and he's like 11 years ago the U.S. government reached out to me because I'm an expert on head injuries, on brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries, and they had all these court cases from families of U.S. servicemen, over 100, who'd been killed by UFOs. The Department of Defense was refusing to give them death benefits or medical benefits. And he's like, so they're in the courts. And I was like, there are over 100 servicemen killed by UFOs? Like, what? He's like, yeah, and there are court cases about it. I'm like, why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? I don't know. And in a number of cases, these things have landed on military bases, including famously in Germany, in West Germany in the 70s, and servicemen have approached them. And they approach and they get traumatic brain injury or they're killed. And he studied their brains. We got a call from this guy who's a tenure. Okay. So I, I, of course, in my research um, and studying the black ops teams that they have on virtually every continent in the world, because the United States of Babylon the Great wants to be the first on the scene whenever there's a downed – they call them fallen angels, by the way. That's the military black ops code word for a downed UFO ship. Okay, and then they have specialized black ops teams that are specially trained. And they jump on helicopters in groups, you know, they're five, six choppers, uh, one big Chinook, you know, with the double props. And they go into the crash site and then they, uh, you know, paratroop down or whatever or or whatever, you know, lines, whatever they want to do. And then they go and they put the... the Basically, they make it so that the Chinook is able to lift the the, the UFO, the downed uh, ship, uh, and carry it away. Okay, and they put a, a big tarp over it. They don't want people seeing it. All right. And um, one of the things that I was very aware of was how many of these black ops military people that go after the fallen angels which is what they call them, uh, they, get, they lose their hair, they get radiation poisoning. So that I've known about the radiation poisoning forever, uh, and I know about the Dulce Wars and the ray guns and uh, you know, the, the laser beams and things that they shoot at, at people and all that kind of creepy weirdness. But I have never heard about the traumatic brain 
thing. So I was like, and there's like Tucker Carlson for crying out loud. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, and also I wanted to let you know that um, I spoke with a friend of mine. Uh, She's a Christian out in California and she's saying that they are having a horrible time out there. Uh, That PG&E and the power outages are terrible. Their powers go down, powers up, powers down, powers up, powers down. You know, it's it's cycling. It's cycling and they're having brownouts and they're bad. Uh, So, what that's all about, I do not know. But I do know that there is some massive flooding taking place in Northern California. I do know that there is uh, unbelievable snow. Can you imagine 12 foot of snow? And where is that snow going to go? Think it through. Where is it going to go? It's going to turn into water, okay? And it's going to go down the mountains, and it's going to flood California, like California's never been flooded before. Like they need that like a hole in their head. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right, NBC News. And you might say, well, what are you doing reading NBC News? All they ever do is lie, which is basically true. But the thing is, when you get good at this stuff after a while, and you can tell when they're lying and when they're not, because you get cross-pollination confirmations. Okay, so fortunately, because of the precious help that the Lord has given us, thank you, Mary Lee. Thank you, Sister Vera. Thank you, everybody. Anybody that has sent in uh, news, uh, Brother Scott, uh, you know, to and, and Lisa, thank you, uh, to the radio show, uh, it's very helpful. That's very helpful. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm definitely going to read that. I mean, when, you, when you're dealing with 200 headlines and you only have X number of minutes to do it, you just got to pick out the big stuff because there's lots of apocalyptic stuff going on, but some of it just doesn't rank high enough to talk about it. Now, one of the things that ranks on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, at the level of probably 19 or 20 Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, is this SVB, or Silicon Valley Bank, crash, which, by the way, included several other banks that crashed as well. Now, I can tell you that because I have my finely tuned Twitter feed, um, and it is, it's really amazing, and I find out about a lot of these things long before they actually even make the news, or at least I know much, much, much more than the news is telling you about. Um, because in the world of Twitter, particularly when you have the people, when you're following the people that I am, that are highly influential, they know, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very well-tuned group. Let's put it that way. And so what happens is they have these special meetings, which are open to the public and, um, and they talk about stuff. So when we were shooting down probably, uh, alien probes, uh, you know, in the sky. Now, why do I bring up the alien probe possibility? Okay, so um, first and foremost, there was way too much chatter coming out of uh, the White House and the Pentagon and blah, 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 blah. There were way too many people chattering about or at least throwing hints out there that some of these things they were shooting down uh, once they got, uh, you know, a bee in their bonnet over the Chinese weather balloon spy thing. Um, we're not from this planet. And then I thought to myself, well, they couldn't have been scout ships because those things move like thousands of miles an hour. You know, there's no way, you know, uh, one of our jets can not shoot them down. Sorry. Um, so unless they just get unbelievably lucky, but anyway, um, so I thought, and you know, what didn't occur to me was that maybe 
these were probes. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it is interesting that the Bible in the book of Daniel uh, identifies these entities, some, some of them, as being what's called holy watchers. So the problem is you don't really know who you're dealing with all the time. You know, the assumption is, oh, all aliens are demons and they're all evil. No, that is a false understanding. There are holy watchers. So who knows? I don't know, but it's, I'm starting to lean toward the possibility or the, maybe even beginning to think of it as a probability that those last several round objects, supposedly, that they shot down um, might have been alien probes. Now, why would that be an assumption that cropped into my mind or, you know, snuck its way into my mind or whatever? Well, I always – so guess what? The Pentagon has come out with a report very openly, right in your face, and they are saying uh, these are officials, and they're, it's not a joke. It's not a, a tongue-in-cheek sort of a thing, and they're saying that they are under the impression or they believe that there are large motherships or at least one large mothership in our solar system. Why would they do that? Why in the world would they do that? Please don't even think for a second that they don't know that there are gazillions of them out there, because there are. So the fact that they're coming public with this idea that there are, uh, you know, uh, that there's a large mothership, okay, the fact that they talk about one large mothership is already suspicious. The fact that they release the information openly to the world is highly suspicious. It's almost as if they know something is coming our way, and they're priming the pump, okay? They're getting everybody ready for it. And if that be true, I wonder if it's the David Doetry thing, and could it be? Okay, I assumed, but I could have assumed incorrectly, that the words at the end of the third seal, do not harm the oil or the wine, were all inclusive, and it includes all the members of the Bride of Jesus Christ, including the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grape harvest, of course. Uh, And um, what if I was wrong? What if the barley harvest, the first watch, actually happens before the end of the third seal? Why are they priming the pump about a big mothership out there? So these things are capturing my attention. I think it really echoes to each of us how important it is for us to draw in really, really intimately with our Heavenly Father as much as we possibly can. All right, and I bring that up on every show because that is critical. Praise God. All right, so we, you know, the news article here reads, Panic and, and partying rain. I don't know about the partying, but uh, at SXSW amidst the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse. Now, why partying? It says less than 24 hours after this collapse, Silicon Valley Bank Known throughout the tech industry as SVB, hosted a private dinner for a couple of dozen people at Perry Steakhouse and Grill in downtown Austin, Texas, uh, a short walk from the convention center that hosts South, so, and it starts naming names in the study. I was expecting that the SVB folks would address the elephant in the room, but nobody said a thing about it. Now, if that's true, and why, you know, what would motivate them to make a lie about this? There's just nothing 
lie worthy here. Um, if that be a true statement, then that means that the SVB folks, the leaders of that bank, were already very intimately aware that it was going to collapse. It may have been an orchestrated collapse. And if it was, the question that I have is, is this the beginning of the drop of the petrodollar? How many dominoes are – we already know that there are several banks that are going under with SVB because they had a humongous amount of their money in the, under the control of SVB. When you, lose, when you lose 27 point X billion dollars, there's a lot of companies that are going under, folks. There's a lot of jobs that are going to be lost, and um, it's pretty horrific. And the other thing that you can't really easily estimate is what is the ripple effect downstream or even, even laterally, really. All I can tell you is that the information that is coming out right now is that it's horrific and that we've only begun to see the, out, the fallout. From this SVB, I mean, this, this is an international issue, all right? And that, so my question would be, is this the beginning of this massive, imagine it like a lake, and it has, you know, ice on the lake, and somebody's standing in the middle of the lake, and they start to hear a little bit of a cracking sound. But if, but if they but you know again if the, if they keep standing there the ice will continue to crack it'll crack outward 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 and before you know it there's this gigantic gaping hole in water everywhere so again it, there's my question you know are they going to just you know stick their finger in the dam and plug the hole or uh, you know because there is going to be a Federal Reserve and another some other agencies that are going to have a special emergency meeting on Monday what does that mean? What are they going to do? Are they going to take this? Take, you know, they don't want to let any you know, order out of chaos, folks. So, again, they may take advantage of this or they've already planned to do it. See, when I see the report coming out of the Vatican telling all of the Vatican-related financial entities out there worldwide that they need to move by September 30th all of their money over to the Vatican Bank, this seems to me to be the very early Warning, this is like that little 3.5 earthquake rumbler that you get before the 9, you know. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's huge. People are freaking out all over the place. They're having special meetings with all kinds of, uh, you know, lawmakers. Uh, it's, it's bad. It's, I think, really, honestly, when I look at all of the headlines that I have, and I haven't read every single article from beginning to end, but I got to tell you, folks, this looks really, 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 really bad. All right. And we're only talking about the, 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 the early super duper early part of the death throes of this agency. Sorry. I took uh, BP meds before I started the show, and I'm back to that whole got to suck down a bunch of water. I, I think my stomach's going to explode because I got to drink so much water to be able to talk. But anyway, all right, uh, Forbes magazine reports what to know about the Silicon uh, Valley bank collapse, the biggest bank failure since 2008. Now, I don't know how much Lehman Brothers was worth at the time that they collapsed. But I'd be surprised if they were worth $27 billion. The other thing that's important to note is our uh, real estate market, um, unlike 2008, 
where there were billions of, of dollars tied up in worthless derivatives. But now we have a two quadrillion. I ain't joking you. I'm not making that up. Two quadrillion dollar derivatives debt in the real estate market as of today. That is not recoverable. You can't plug that dam. That If you were going to use the dam analogy, all the bricks in the dam are coming down and there's going to be a lot of dead people, <laughs> which, you know, it's it's bad. Okay, a lot of this stuff is real, not good, bad, real bad. All right, so I wanted to try to impress upon you the magnitude of what is going on out there. The sheer number, like right now, one of the things that's fascinating is to discover that virtually 100% of all banking stocks are tumbling right now like crazy. Okay, so one particular individual uh, put, I don't know, looked like 20 or 30 banks into, you know, into what appears to be something like Yahoo Finance, and he snippeted, he took a snapshot of the stock reports, you know, and everything was just red. It was just blood everywhere. So what does this all mean, and what's it going to mean by tomorrow, and what's going to mean by Wednesday, what's going to mean by a couple of weeks from now? Um, but what does appear to be interesting is that the Vatican sent, gave everybody until September 30th. And then, of course, you always, I don't know, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. But when you look at all the things that are getting released from the House of Representatives, all the whistleblower events having to do with Musk uh, and the Twitter files and, uh, and the J6 lies and, oh, my goodness gracious, and all, you know, it's like they're ratting out everybody, Fauci, Gates, they're ratting them all out. So what happens is what these entities will do is uh, it's kind of like synonymous with a jet that's trying to keep uh, a heat-seeking missile from hitting it. They shoot out what's called chaff, and, the, and these little particles of aluminum and metal are shot out into the air in this big explosion. And, of course, the missile hits them and blows up, and the jet gets away. Well, that's another way of calling referring to something like that in in the world of – you know, the Global Santana Crime Syndicate is they will cause what's known as a black swan event to occur. A black swan event is where, you know, people are too hot on their trail and they need to shoot some chaff out the back of their operations so that all the missiles that are heading at them, because everybody is catching on to their evilness, um, they need a black swan event uh, to distract people. And it's got to be a whopper. So, again, I don't know what all is going to happen, but I will tell you this. When I look at all this stuff, this is some deeply, deeply troubling stuff. And if, and if, and if the Mac Daddy Lake, you know, the ice on the top of the lake is going to totally crack and collapse down into the water and it's just going to be the third seal, then in that case, uh, that September 30th date that the Vatican put up there is uh, even more troubling and interesting. All right. And it's fascinating to say, wait a minute, by September 30th, you're about one year away, roughly, from the next election taking place. So, And then the question that comes to my mind is, you know, does Donald Trump actually get into the presidency? What if they take him out before then? Uh, you know, so I'm like going through all of these suppositions and estimations that I've 
stitched together, assuming this and assuming. But then I, you got to like reevaluate things over and over, okay? And that's that's where when I see the SVB collapse and all that kind of stuff, I say to myself, oh oh my gosh, because we don't know how huge this is, and if it was orchestrated. And the end game is the collapse of the petrodollar, then, wow, we are in the throes of the third seal. And it's going to get real bad real fast. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. All right. Now, this is uh, Colonel Flint. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, General Michael Flynn talking, and he's talking about Executive Order 14067 that went in. He just found out about it, and it went into effect in December 30th of 2022, about three months ago. Okay, and let's listen to what he has to say about it. It's not good news. Let me just I'll kind of, you know, let's listen to this. All right, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Clicked on the wrong thing. Hold on. Here we go. And boom. I want people to go read Executive Order 14067. Executive Order 14067 signed by uh, Uncle Joe the 8th of March of 2022, and it went into effect 13 December 2022, so just this past December. And there are already uh, corporations and elements of our U.S. government that are already beta testing what's called central bank digital currency. Central bank digital currency. That's what that executive order is all about. I want people to go read executive order. Okay, so uh, eventually I'm going to get to a headline that mentions for, I think it's four major banks that are already piloting central CBCD, central bank. I'm sorry, DC, central bank digital currency, which is where they convert, you know, your social security income, your retirement pension, every form of money will be converted over to this digital stuff. And you will not be able we'll go. We're going cashless, really. And um, and of course, that's a predecessor event to the mark of the beast. That's just how close we're getting, folks. This is amazing. And it's getting harder and harder for me to figure out, wow, if this continues at this rate of speed, all these things. And we only have, you know, a year and seven months. I mean, imagine, look at all the horrible things that the Antichrist has been able to do with the assistance of the WEF and the Global Santana Crime Syndicate. Worldwide, folks. Worldwide. Wow. What are they going to do with another year and seven months? You see where I'm heading with this? It's looking pretty spooky to me. Uh, It's troubling, to say the least. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Let me see here. Oh, okay. So I'm going to play a little bit of a snippet of this. I do. Oh, it's. Oh, it's. Oh, goodness gracious. It's. Well, let's see how short it is. Uh, I don't want to dwell too long on it, but let's go ahead and play. This is another Tucker Carlson snippet regarding the Twitter files. All right. Let's see. Bring us up to speed on some of the things that are happening. Here we go. The stories we cover the Twitter files, what we've learned from Elon Musk's archive at Twitter really is one of the few that will endure. It's probably the most consequential investigative journalism in memory. And that journalism proves that the highest levels of the federal government coordinated with the social media companies to suppress dissent, to end the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Today, the House Judiciary Committee held hearings on this story. Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett used the opportunity to attack 
two of the journalists behind the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. The Republicans have brought in two of Elon Musk's public scribes to release cherry-picked, out-of-context emails and screenshots designed to promote his chosen narrative, Elon Musk's chosen narrative that is now being parroted by the Republicans because the Republicans think that these witnesses will tell a story that's going to help them out politically. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. Mr. Chairman, I'm not exaggerating when, when I say that you have called before you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them. It's almost unbelievable that a fascist like that could wind up in the U.S. Congress arguing in Congress for censorship. It's beyond. Michael Schellenberger is one of the journalists. All right. Praise God. So I, um, they have to take away free speech. Think Nazi Germany, because that's exactly what's coming down on the United States and all the other countries, by the way. The global reset is just another version of Nazi Germany. Free speech must be eradicated. It's a prerequisite and it's not optional. That's why they are now calling it the censorship industrial complex. They've actually given it that big of a name. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here is another audio bite I'm going to play for you so that you are aware of the um, what is the magnitude, the violence, the wow factor associated with what's been going on in Paris, France through all of these the French are just going, they are really, this is, these are riots, okay? And uh, I'm going to play you a little snippet of this so you can get an idea of what, what, what's going on over there. And I have one of our listeners, uh, Paula. Okay, hold on. Okay, so I think by now you probably got the you know the appropriate impression based upon the soundbite that we're not talking about a couple little old ladies pushing a <laughs> a baby carriage here. This is this stuff, and they they're turning over cars, burning things. It's it makes a lot of the BLM stuff look kind of almost tame sometimes. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. All right, so let's go ahead and head on even deeper into the news and continue this dialogue. Because it's troubling. It's troubling. So anyway, um, uh, I want to hear this. I have not heard it. It's a 22-second clip of Tulsi Gabbard having a conversation with Tucker Carlson about the stuff that's going on over in the Ukraine. So, And it, it seems to – I don't know. Let's listen. Here we go. Now, that's weird. Nuclear holocaust. Okay, wait. If we continue down this path, we may end up with a nuclear holocaust. Oh, okay, so basically what they did was they snippeted Tulsi Gabbard's comment about the nuclear holocaust, and then they're going into, uh, you know, uh, other stuff. You know, to, you know, they, you know, they want to... It's it's a scare tactic thing. Um, so anyway, we we can move on, and um, we already know when the nuclear. We don't know when the nuclear stuff is going to begin, but we have the context of the events providing that our heavenly Father has not changed up the order. Um, you know, and it, it, it's pretty close. I mean, but not yet. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 
This is Dinesh D'Souza, and he's a Christian. Uh, I think he's a Christian converted Muslim man, and he's the one who is also the author and, you know, he sponsored the video 2000 Mules, you know, to rat out the horrible uh, fraud that occurred in 2020. All right. So anyway, he says, uh, this is what he says. He says, Elon Musk to the rescue questionnaire. Billionaire says he's open to buying Silicon Bank following the collapse. He says he could make it a Twitter digital bank. So I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I, if, if this is orchestrated to bring down the um, petrodollar, ultimately, can, you know, the third seal, then, uh, you know, no one's going to be allowed to rescue them. You know, they're going to want the fallout to occur, which, by the way, makes it especially interesting that that one report from NBC said that their executives were partying and having a good time just down the road from the bank while it's collapsing. So something, it, yeah, it sounds like this is orchestrated totally. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The United States Federal Reserve is to hold a, quote, closed door meeting on Monday. And they go on to go, blah, blah, blah. This is happening. That's happening. The Board of Governors, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, what's going to happen? Well, the truth is we just don't know. All right. And so we're going to have to wait and see. And, you know, are the repercussions like 10 times worse than we think? Well, mm, yeah. Probably so. All right. I'm going to go ahead. I'm looking at my time. Nine o'clock is when we're bringing up. Okay, so I got to keep moving. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. All right. The government, this is a headline, and I think it was like the Wall Street Journal. It was a pretty reputable paper that I – oh, Market Watch. Okay, Market Watch is the uh, source of this data. But basically it says that there is a very real possibility that the government will stop issuing Social Security payments after the debt limit of has been hit. Now, it sounds scary – It especially coming from Market Watch and especially in concert with the ice cracking all around the and the ramifications uh, of how many businesses, major businesses. I mean, my goodness, this could be really, 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 really bad. Okay, but I did want to include that because it surely does seem to have a little bit of a, you know, connection to the SVB event. And I, I find it most troubling that they're all all these it's all coming out at the same time folks what's up with that it's all coming out at the same time you know and and when it when when these things and you know the only thing that you can the only conclusion that you can come up with is that they're related and if they're related then this is the big event it's just the early part of the big event. We're hearing the cracking in the ice and we're thinking to ourselves, oh boy, this is going to be bad kind of thing. All right. Anyway, uh, uh, praise God. I'm going to go ahead and continue forward. Uh, this individual from uh, my finely tuned Twitter feed who calls himself Truth Seeker. He's one of the guys who uh, also walked into the Walmarts and filmed uh, the Walmarts uh, in uh Ontario, locking down all the food and putting them behind facial recognition scanners. Okay, well, this guy also went out and pulled out uh, banks and financials lists, and it it's a big list. Uh, holy cow, it's a lot bigger than I even thought. And he has he has 1.1 million views too, 
And uh, I'm not going to read the whole list, but let me tell you something. It's a big list. It appears to be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So if that's 10, that's 10, that's 10. There's got to be 50 banks on this list. All right. Pre- oh, and uh, I, I'm not going to get too far in the weeds on that. But let's just say that they're all tanking and they're all going into the red. What does that mean? We're going to have to wait and see. All right. Next one up. Okay. This particular individual uh, reports, he says, the world is dumping. This is very, very important, folks. And again, when you combine this news that I'm about to read to you, um, with the SVB Bank, with the Vatican report for September 30th for them to move everything into Vatican City, with all the other, you know, the people partying and stuff, you know, not just down the road from the SVB headquarters, you know, the, the executives who obviously were in on it. When you start snitch, taking your, your, you know, your, your crochet needle and, put, and kind of weaving all this stuff together, it's not telling up. Happy story. Okay, now you could say, well, wait, 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 wait. It's a matter of it's a matter of how you look at it. We're citizens of heaven, and yes, this is marking our soon departure. And the more faster it happens, the sooner we get to go. What I really was sort of kind of hoping in my heart, and I still have hope, is that the First Fruits Barley Harvest First Watch group that is rescued. See, here's the thing. I'm going to re- if I said this already, forgive me. I'm going to repeat it again, and it merits repeating. I assumed that because at the end of the third seal it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, my assumption was that that was all-inclusive, all members of the bride of Jesus Christ, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grape harvest. I thought it was the whole group. And so then my natural estimation would be that the barley harvest first fruits rapture event, the first watch, is going, you know, which is captured in Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, right in there. I thought, you know, Jesus comes back from the wedding supper of the Lamb, and he he says, blessed are you if you're part of the second watch, blessed are you if you're part of the third watch. But he doesn't mention the first watch, and you have to say to yourself, well, where are they? Well, they're obviously back at the marriage supper. So Jesus went to get the second and third watch. Now, all that being said, um, listen to this report. Quote, the world is now dumping United States treasuries. Raising new debt is now difficult for the United States government. In other words, our ability to print fake money goes away when other countries start to drop or dump United States Treasury bills. Because Treasury bills are only, only have potential value when the buyer sees the United States as being able to overcome their debt because, you know, they, for obvious reasons, reasons. and now I have to have the hiccups. Great. Anyway, he, um, this particular person, uh, Kim.com, he calls himself, says the last tool is money printing on on the backs of other nations. That's why many nations don't want the United States dollar as a reserve currency anymore. The U.S. is exporting inflation across the entire world. Hashtag broke. Okay. So, yeah. So 
all the pieces, uh, every dagnabbit piece of the puzzle really just seems to be coming together, and it's all just all I can hear as far as you know, cracking, cracking, cracking ice, cracking ice, cracking ice, and uh, how far is it going to go? We don't know, but it could go all the way. All right, and wow, what a black swan event that would be. People wouldn't be too interested in the J6 event. People wouldn't be too interested in putting Fauci in prison for the rest of his life. People would be like going, oh, my gosh, uh, what happened to all my money? I, 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 I can't pay my bills. I, I, you know, that kind of changes people's priorities a little bit, doesn't it? All right, praise God. Next headline up. Beautiful but terrible. Historic mountain town buckles under the weight of the California snow. And let me tell you something, it's a lot. And when that melts, bad things are going to happen. We'll just leave it at that. All right. So now you heard, uh, you know, General Wesley Clark warning about uh, reading that particular executive order. And I have that particular executive order in my hands. And um, yes, indeed, it is uh, essentially what I would refer to. Well, the title of the executive order is Executive Order on Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. And what that, let's translate what that really means. Here's your, I'm waving the flag. You can let the horses out of the stalls. The race is on. Here is your presidential permission to institute central bank digital currencies, which, like I said before, they're currently doing at four major banks. As we speak, it's all happening at the same time. This is yet another major thing, a contributor, if you will, to the third seal coming upon us. And I mean, just the I don't think the United States understands, the people in the United States understand really uh, how bad it's going to – I have an audio bite, an audio clip. I don't think I have enough time to uh, – maybe I do. Hold on a second. Uh, it's just so apropos. I'm going to take my chance. Um, American riots. There we go. Let me see here. Um, okay. I'm going to play – oh, wow, this one's – this one's short, shorter. It's a shortened one, and it's still six minutes long, but I'm going to go ahead and play this. We'll America is still deep in denial, which is the first stage of the awakening. This denial will be wiped away when the dollar collapses. For now, the economy is still functioning, and food and fuel are still available. The lights turn on, and American Idol is still the center of attention. Americans still have the illusion of wealth and normalcy. They are still stuck in the false left-right paradigm and think that some other sock puppet will turn things around. When the dollar collapses, all American illusions will collapse with it. Deep denial will turn into deep anger. The violence I expect in all urban areas in the United States will make all other global riots pale in comparison. America is deeply infused with arrogance, denial, narcissism, drugs, and violence. There is no other society that I know of that has the degree of intensity and combination of these factors. So here are the five reasons why American riots will be the worst in the world. Number one, arrogance. And it seems that I can hear God saying to America, you are too arrogant. All of our lives we've been fed the lie that somehow we are better than everybody else. We believe this so much that we feel it's morally acceptable to stick our noses in everybody's business. We have 777 military bases all over the world. Our currency is the world's reserve currency. We control most of the international organizations like the UN, IMF, and World Bank. 
We control the world's shipping lanes. Our media is the most popular and sought-after propaganda in the world. Our corporations harvest the resources that our empire provides. This has led to the feeling that the American way of life is not negotiable. We print debt and we consume. This way of life was only possible by the very real and hard sacrifices made by Americans long dead. America today is nothing more than a spoiled brat blowing through the last of its inheritance. The only thing that the United States is number one at is spreading debt and death. This American arrogance will be turned on to other Americans as the dollar collapses. We will no longer be able to maintain a global empire of force without a functioning currency. All of our troops will be forced to come home and we will no longer be able to import 25% of the world's oil. This sudden shift will turn arrogant Americans on each other as they seek to enforce their inflated sense of self-worth onto others. They will think that the world somehow owes them something and they believe that lesser people should be made to sacrifice for them. After all, Dick Cheney did say the American way of life is not negotiable. Everything is fine today. That is our illusion. Voltaire. The second factor, and what will make American riots the worst, is denial. For those that aren't arrogant, they are in denial, and somehow they will be okay, as they are good people. They believe that America will recover and the American dream is still alive. They believe this because they either lack the ability to logically see through the lies, or they believe that people ruling them have the same morals as they do. You cannot spread freedom with war. A nation cannot enforce their will upon another nation any more than you can enforce your will upon another. There will always be blowback, and of course that is the plan of your rulers. They do not share the same values as you do. They seek to create chaos and divisions so that they can garner more power and profits. You can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Hein Rand. The dollar collapse will end the ability of the average American to deny their active or passive participation in the dominance of the world by spreading debt and death. When people's entire life savings are wiped away, they will wonder what their life has been all about. All of the missed times with their family, connections with others, have been stained by the pursuit of material gains. Only when everything is taken from them will they start to see the real importance of life. Many will not be able to come to terms with this coming reality. Number three on the list is narcissism. The amount of narcissism in America is epidemic. The fascination with celebrities and their clothes consumes so many women. Men are addicted to worshiping sports figures. We have a fear of competition and we view others as enemies. This leads to shallow and transitory relationships. Americans consume their way into debt as they try to create an outer facade to hide the inner void in their vapid lives. The baby boomer generation is known as the me generation. Their obsessive pursuit of material possessions was matched by their embrace of debt. The dollar collapse is going to hit the baby boomers the hardest as they're forced to come to terms with the trail of pain that they have left in their wake. Broken families in debt are just the tip of the iceberg. The war in the debt machines they enabled and unleashed upon the world is a much harder reality that they will have to deal with. The real problem is the sad fact that most of them will be too old to get a second chance on life. Number four, drugs. Millions of Americans have turned to drugs to fill the void of their true purpose in their lives. Instead of dealing with a past hurt or seeking a higher purpose in their lives by helping others and using their natural talents to make the world better, people turn to drugs. The worst kind of drugs are the ones that people believe that are making them better. Powerful psychotropic drugs like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or more commonly known as SSRIs or antidepressants. These drugs are extremely powerful and can cause psychotic breaks that lead to violence if they come off them too soon. I would say that these drugs are much more powerful than guns because they cause people to break from reality and cause violence. But I do want to warn everybody of one thing. Nearly 10% of the country, or 27 million Americans, are on these antidepressants. Knowing that there is only a one-month supply in the system and the kind of psychotic breaks that will happen if these people come off these drugs too fast, this is definitely not a good thing. When the dollar collapses, we will not only have to worry about the 7 to 10 day supply of food and fuel in the system, we will also have to worry about the 1 in 10 Americans who are not going to be medicated when their world paradigm collapses. 
The fifth reason why American riots will be the worst is violence. Violence has been a part of the American culture since the beginning of our country. We have the most armed population and the highest crime rates in the world. The violence we will see in some parts of this country will be as bad as the reign of terror from the French Revolution. Some parts of this country will try to confront a post-dollar paradigm by embracing freedom and honest money. Others will try to hold on to power by becoming more tyrannical and finding enemies with their neighbors. We are surrounded by violence, and we have been desensitized to antisocial behavior. Our movies and video games show killings of others, but rarely the consequences of those actions. Other antisocial behavior has been normalized. I even realized that some of my favorite shows, like Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm, was really all about normalizing antisocial behavior. In fact, in the season finale of Seinfeld, it was based off of a man getting mugged, and all four main characters not only not helping the man, but actually making fun of the man as he's violently robbed. This lack of empathy is at the root of our problems. So now we have a society that cares only about themselves and their own materialistic needs, but we also have a society that no longer cares about other people's feelings. The American riots will be the worst in the world because of the amount of arrogance, denial, narcissism, drugs, and violence in our country. These factors are systemic and affect every level of society. I do fear that our nation is sick enough to unleash a series of false flag events and spread our violence even further. Wow. <clears throat> and that, talk about appropriate, right, timing-wise? And that's very old. You know, that's, that's really old stuff. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's move on. The fall of Wall Street thread. Uh, this is I'm I'm not going to play this because uh, I'm just going to tell you what's going on. So at the C at the C uh, at the CPAC conference, um, you had some you have people even coming right out and saying we need to eliminate and get rid of the Federal Reserve, la 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 la, and all that kind of stuff. And of course they're getting standing ovations and people realize they know they know, and um, uh, but it ain't going to happen. Okay. Never forget what Glenn Beck said. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. All right. Praise God. Next one up. All right. This was a tweet supposedly on uh, probably from, uh, you know, Truth Social from Donald Trump, the, you know, uh, you know, the real Donald Trump, as he calls himself. And it says, what is happening to our economy and with the proposals being made on the largest and dumbest tax increase in the history of the United States times five? Joe Biden will go down as the Herbert Hoover of the modern age. We will have a Great Depression far bigger and more powerful than the one in 19. 1929. As proof, the banks are already starting to collapse, he says. The banks are already starting to collapse, and he equates it to the 1929 Great Depression. Is that prophetic? And listen, Think about it. A year and seven months. Hmm. Makes a person think. Uh, and then another headline. This guy, Kim.com, comes in and he says, Yellen says the government won't bail out Silicon Valley Bank. Except major crash, uh, expect a major market crash on Monday. Interesting. Um, th- is that likely? Probably so. Next one up. All right. Uh, you know, it's funny, too. I'll, I'll share this with you. I was uh, talking to, I don't know, uh, FAZ is the is a uh, play on, if you believe the global 
financial collapse is upon us and you invest in FA I'm not recommending this by the way uh FAZ um that is a what's called an inverse play inverse play so if the global financial collapse occurs FAZ is going to skyrocket through the roof they're already climbing like crazy another play which is on the real estate market it's an inverse play against real estate is DRV like driving a car D Delta Romeo Victor. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, there's one side of me that wants to throw a little bit of cash on those uh, because it, you know, even with the tax hit, uh, I can see where that might help me pay my house off, <laughs> which would definitely put me in a better place than I am right now. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So if we do have this September and this stuff is going to cascade and become this gigantic domino effect, uh, it is theoretically possible that if I set myself lots of reminders, oh, my goodness, we're going into September, you know, because the Vatican knows. The Vatican knows. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read you this headline right now. All right. And by the way, the poster of this uh, calls himself Jacob Israel 7-1, and he posted that the uh, Catholic News Agency, so this is right from the CNA, okay, it says, Pope Francis instructs the Vatican entities to move all funds to the Vatican Bank by September 30th. Now, that indicates to me that that's probably a target date for the big event, okay? So, I don't know, something to think about, I don't know, but it it ain't looking good, folks. But we've already known that we were entering and, you know, that we're plunging head forth into the six seals of Revelation and that, that they are in progress. So we know right where we are in the Bible, and the people that are saying that's not the case, don't listen to them. Just look at the facts. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. Business innovation reports of Silicon Valley Bank fallout starts to spread around the world. SVB branches in Canada, the United Kingdom, China, Denmark, Germany, Israel, India, and Sweden are at this are, are, and the scenes coming out of California are just OK, according to this author. Just the beginning. He says, that's kind of spooky. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Praise God. Zero Hedge, who we all probably know by now, is arguably one of the biggest conspiracy banking collapse uh, sources on the Internet and has been around since as long as tribulation now has been around. Praise God. But anyway, um, and they uh, put up a chart of the top four banks. And I have, if I squint my eyes, one of them is, wait a minute, they've got MFC, I don't know who they are, uh, City, so that's Citibank. Oh, JPM, that's J.P. Morgan Chase, and then Bank of America, uh, at the top. Anyway, um, Zero Hedge says, oh, they show this chart. And boy, let me tell you something. This chart, I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to be a smart financial person to not get what this chart, <laughs> this is terrible. And what we see here is uh, basically, 
Well, the way Zero Hedge puts it is, oh, Bank of America, you've been a naughty, naughty bank. Now, when you figure that, you know, this information is is associated with the top four banks and they're all like in debt beyond anybody's. See, we think that our money is in the bank, but our money is not in the bank. Okay. So whatever the number is that you have that you see on your ledger when you log into your bank and you go, oh, boy, I managed to save up all this money. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in a pretty good place. Uh, maybe I'll actually be able to retire or something. You know, no, it's it's really just not there. Um, I can tell you that doing what I do for a living, I have had to go into some fantastically large international banks. And what they have is a special room with extra locks. No one's allowed to go in there, but in my case, I was. And it is full of stock traders. So what they do is they take your money and they play the stock market to make a profit. But when the stock market tanks, where does your money go? Well, you never had it in the first place. They're too busy playing the stock market. You get, you see where I'm in with this? That's why, you know, we can go all the way back to, you know, uh, that movie, uh, uh, you know, um, oh, gosh, tell me I'm not going to be able to remember one of my favorite movies, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, about the bank crash that occurred in um, – you know, the movie about, um, oh, gosh, what is the name of that movie? Um, Christmas movie, bank, crash, enter. All right, let me see if I can find it. Um, it's not one magic Christmas, the morality. Oh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I, I just, for some reason, I just couldn't think of the title. But anyway, uh, in so you go back and you watch that movie, well, there, there you have it. Okay, there you have it. Um, and, of course, that situation is nothing like what we're dealing with. Two quadrillion. Can you imagine how much that is? How many trillions are in a quadrillion? I don't know the answer to that, but it's probably a lot. All right, so anyway, uh, oh, and if that isn't bad enough, the next one up, fails. Building a future that we can all trust. Thales is actually a, um, hold on just a second, a margin call. Um, uh, oh, you're talking about the stocks. Um, well, it, evidently when you invest in, in what's called inverse plays, you don't, the margin call is when what happens is you, you are betting with borrowed money. When you bet, when, so when you play the stock market with borrowed money, in other words, what you do is you're, you, you, let's say you've got an Ameritrade account, and your Ameritrade account has $100,000 in it. Okay, basically, um, well, what happened, uh, Brother Justin, in, in, in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, is that the one guy that was a relative of George uh, messed up on depositing money, and he lost a really big bag of money, and that was their downfall. Okay, but anyway, but anyway, margin calls are when when you're when you're playing the stock market on borrowed money, and then the market starts to tank, and the banks that you borrowed the money against to continue to play the stock market call in the margin. They say, uh, you know, you you borrowed uh, $50,000 from us, um, and we want it back. Now! 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 See, that's the problem. They want it right away. Well, you're not liquid. 
you're not liquid. The other problem that you have is that you could go in and play, like like I said to you before, FAZ and DRV, but what you don't know, hey, if you can't sell it because it goes up too high and nobody wants to buy it, you're stuck with it. So you just lose it all. All right. So anyway, um, so Thales, which is a think tank that's no doubt associated in bed with uh, the World Economic Forum, says EIDAS2, E-I-D-A-S-2, is the countdown to a single European digital ID wallet. And according to Thales, it says that the countdown has begun. And it also says, ruh All EU member states must make a digital identity wallet available to everyone who wants it by, yes, you guessed it, 2024. That's right around the corner. All right. And again, here's another snippet of another individual over in London talking about all the locked away food in the Walmarts and the facial recognition scanners that they're installing all over the world. Okay, let's listen to this real quick. All right. And hopefully I clicked it right. And maybe I didn't. Try again. All right. And here we go. Okay, so I'm in the uh, Walmart in London, and I'm thinking all this is camera for when. Tell me. It's here. In front of the meat section. And here, in the egg department. All along. Hello? I know you're there. And what is this thing? Since these doors went up? I did. Since these doors went up. These cameras are here. They're all over. Okay, they're all over the place, so it's the same thing, but this is happening in London. So guess what? If you follow the rule of business, when one person complains there's 100 that didn't, they're all over the world. You can bet your sweet bippy on that. And they're, do- and they're doing it feverishly. I mean, at a pace that would just blow your mind. It's almost like they know something really big is about to happen, and they want to do the lockdown. It's all coordinated. It's amazing how close. All Remember when I was saying in the beginning of the program that it, it's kind of like we're standing in the middle of a train Imagine like five locomotives heading right at you, and one of them is the digital dollar, one of them is the executive order, one of them is the SVB bank collapse, one of them is, you know, those trains are all coming at us at the same time. The destruction of, uh, 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 you know, the uh, censorship uh, industrial complex, all these things. And by the way, all the work that's being done to expose all this stuff, again, it doesn't mean a hill of beans if the uh, Department of Justice is compromised. Okay, and again, uh, they just came out with another bill that is absolutely critical to save the country, and they're like, all we have to do is get it past Joe Biden. And I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> we already know the answer to that. Okay, so another headline here says the Fed, the Fed's digital dollar is here. It is official. The digital dollar once talked about is here. Reuters reported that on Tuesday, November the 15th of 2022, a statement from the Feds of New York announcing that global banking giants and the New York Fed are testing the digital dollar in a 12-week pilot, which includes Citigroup, HSBC, MasterCard, and Wells Fargo. Now, like I said, if that doesn't send a chill down your spine, I don't know what will. 
All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I'm going to blow past this particular one. That's not all that important. We'll get real close to bringing on Sister Joy, and hopefully Zen will be able to join us. I don't know. I just don't have I, – I, I just don't know for sure. But anyway, um, uh, praise God, and we're getting real close. But I wanted to read this headline for you, and just a couple more left. Uh, B.A. tragedy, um, uh, British Airways, a veteran British Airways pilot collapses and dies shortly before he was due to captain the packed passenger jet. All right. So imagine how many people that took the mRNA creepy uh, bioweapon are going to be dropping dead. I've already seen YouTube videos with people driving semi-trailers, dropping over dead, and the daggone semi-trailers just like mowing everything down because the guy's dead. All right. So that stuff's probably happening around the world in a bigger volume than we're even aware of. Uh, It's just hard to fathom how the magnitude of the problem. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Boom. This one says at the Gateway Pundit, it says, overnight, Chair James Comer, it says, it's as bad as we thought. We have in our hands documents that show that Biden, that the Biden family was getting money from the Chinese Communist Party. Now, what they're not telling you is how much, but you can believe that it's in absolutely in millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. All right. Okay. So all this stuff about we're going to do this to China, we're going to do that to China, China's naughty, naughty, pants on fire, that, that's all a play. That's a sl- it's what you call sleight of hand. All right, next one up. All right, it says, um, listen to this. So China is now doing a new lockdown, uh, and uh, guess what it's for? The common everyday flu. Imagine that. They're locking down their people. And by the way, they have crisis actors just like we use at January 6th, all that kind of stuff. They, they, the whole deal. They're so, in, they're so in on it, it's unbelievable. And, you know, oh, I, I just, the whole thing's nauseating. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Don't snooze through this one. The FDA has just rebranded hundreds of natural foods, herbals, oils, spices as, quote, substances. 68 substances are under FDA evaluation. 200 plus are coming into question. And they, you, let me tell you something, folks. There's a lot of stuff. They even have colloidal silver on here. You know what they're going to do? They're going to make them controlled substances. Once they classify them as substances, they can say, okay, this is controlled. Folks, this is a very scary list. It's got passion flower. It's got colloidal silver. uh, It's got garlic and ginger root and all kinds of things that we need to be able to help ourselves. Okay, tea tree oil, for example. These things are the these are things that you need. So yeah, it's all there. There, there's you another free train heading right at you. Next one up. I know we're one minute against uh, uh, over the hour, and um, I'm gonna look at the rest of these. B B B B B B B B B. Now I'm I'm gonna push these forward. Praise God. We want to bring on Sister Joy. All right, and Brother Zen if he's here. Uh, and it looks like it's just uh, Sister Joy tonight, which is awesome. Uh, no problem there. Um, I'm looking and I don't see. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and bring on Sister Joy right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God, Sister Joy, are you there? Yes, how are you doing, John? 
Oh, I'm hanging in there, you know, juggling 50 gazillion <laughs> things at one time like you do. Uh, but anyway, what do you think about this, this I'm bank collapse? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I do, I'm like you. I multitask. <laughs> I know it's like when you know it's like no wonder I collapse it you know and it's it's it shocks me what, that I collapse in bed and I'm so tired I can barely talk and then I still can't sleep past like 3:45 a.m. and I'm like going what's wrong with me I can't t- I cannot swallow enough valerian root and and I got to be careful too because at my age because I have to keep on working. I, my eyes won't focus. If I take too many um, er, herbal supplements, you know, to help me sleep, then it, there's like a hangover the next morning of the herbal supplements, and I can't focus my eyes on my computer, which means I can't do my job. So it's it's just absolutely <laughs> crazy. But anyway, what do you think? Look at the global financial collapse. Look at the third seal taking place right before our very eyes. This SVB oh, bank collapse. Oh yes. Did you know that they actually spotted? the executives of the SVB bank down the road from the bank after the collapse was announced, you know, eating lobster and steak and all partying and laughing at and yucking it up. They're in on it. This was orchestrated. And I'm like going, oh, and did you know that the Vatican came out and said all Vatican financial affiliates must transfer their money to the Vatican Bank in Rome, Vatican City, uh, by no later than September the 30th. So evidently, we've only got March to April to May to June, July to August, September. we got about five or six months, it looks like, max, before they're going to pull the big red lever. But the ice is already cracking, if you know what I mean. On the top of the lake, the, the ice is cracking. People don't re- – uh, I read it just uh, another article just a couple of moments ago. Okay, for example, executive order – I don't have the number, one, four, something, 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 something. It's, it's an executive order signed by Joe Biden to accelerate central bank digital currencies, and they already have four banks that are doing a pilot on converting mm-hmm. all the cash over to the CBDCs. Mm-hmm. That's another predecessor to the mark of the beast right there. Right, right. So never mind all the Walmarts that they're putting facial recognition systems in and locked doors. People are seeing them all over the world. So the yeah. stuff that's happening right now, it's like a gigantic – the analogy that I use is imagine standing on a train track and you've got like four or five locomotives – all doing something different and heading straight at you. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, well, you know, it's all happening at the same time. But anyway, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and just let you run with it. Praise God. Well, you know, the what you just talked about in regard to pushing us closer to the mark of the beast, and that's one of the reasons that I could really see the types of things that we are experiencing right now coming. And unfortunately, where we've had plenty of time to maybe react to some things, as we get closer to that mark of the beast, things are going to be happening so fast because it's like that, like I mentioned before, a woman in travail, where you had a little bit of problems when a woman gets pregnant, but as you get closer to the delivery date, you just have just humongous amount of pain and suffering and and sickness and hormones going crazy and things of that nature, and they're not far apart. The, the, the pains are very close together. 
and with the convergence of signs that we are clearly been told in Scripture was going to happen, there's no doubt in my mind that when we get to these points that you're talking about with the Vatican wanting everybody to bring their money into um, to Rome by September the 30th, and then the fact that they did have that big bank do what it did, and, and like you mentioned, saw that those people were out partying and whatever, like there was no problem. It, it is all part of bringing us to a one-world currency. And instead of it being any type of, you know, gold or silver or some kind of um, coin, we've always known that to be able to buy, sell, or trade, there's got to be something that is so controlled by surveillance that you can't get your hands on it. And I know a long time ago when I first started reading about digital currency and how it was underground and how it could be made and how you couldn't get your hands on it, and then the fact that we went to things like cards that we could swipe and not really have to put in a machine. You could just wave it in front of it and that kind of thing. I mean, we were, we were gradually leading up to the day that we are at now. The problem is everything is going to come very fast because once they get us kind of corralled, they don't want to give us time to figure out what's happening next. In the past, it took a little bit of subtle play against the masses so that you gradually boil them like a frog in cold water and just turn up the heat until they don't realize that they're actually boiling and they die. And that's where we've been at prior to where we are now. But to make things happen very quickly, they've got to be able to do a work worldwide in a quick amount of time. And I really began seeing the changeover for the centralized banks when all the countries started losing out on, let's say, just little wars in which internal you know, problems would happen and they would overthrow their governments. And when you find out that the governments were being overthrown with the ones that didn't want the centralized banking systems and yet the governments that were being put in place for those people were people who were a part of centralized bank systems. And so once we get the small guys in line, then we bring the bigger ones on. We do it fast. The work has to be fast, and it has to be in a situation where you cannot get money to be able to survive. And that makes you more attuned to wanting to do whatever is necessary to be able to get your money or your medicine or whatever that might be your greatest need in an hour that you didn't expect was coming. It reminds me so much of the parable of the ten virgins, you know, with five with their lamps all trimmed and the oil ready and waiting for the bridegroom, and then the other five, knowing that there may be something happened, who did not have their uh, oil and their lamps or trimmed to be able to light them or anything of that nature. And then what happens is, as these things happen so fast, we are told in that actual parable that the bridegroom comes and five go. And they're taken out, but those other five are left because they weren't ready. And so there's where a lot of people are right now where they have said, oh, well, you know, it's no big thing that, you know, we can live through this. And it's been years and years since this took place, and it'll take another 10 or 15 years to push, push us over the edge. The problem is is that everything technologically is in place to make this system work. And they have been playing with it enough to get what I call the bugs out of the system by having, you know, the, the the different 
uh, countries who had their own type of, let's say, Bitcoin or whatever, to get the bugs out. And so in looking at the centralized banking and seeing, especially, you know, when you, you mentioned about the Vatican, Vatican is very much at play in a lot of things. And a lot of people don't realize the amount of money that that is in the Vatican. I mean, it's like it used to be like the third greatest money that was out there, the first being uh, Queen Elizabeth and her, you know, family as well. But when you look at the kind of control that they have over the masses, and especially with the amount of people who are involved in Catholicism, I mean, this is a situation where you've got a a Vatican that is in, very much in control of a lot of different facets of what happens across the world. And I tell you, there's no doubt in my mind that um, Pope Francis I, with you know working to do the Abrahamic uh, House, to do the Chrislam thing, to try to to negotiate and have pilgrimages with people who are atheists and 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 people involved in Judaism, Hinduism, you know everything, every religion other than really Christianity has a similarity of belief in paganism. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't like to hear that Catholicism is very pagan. It's it's not like, uh, you know, the Baptist Church and that kind of thing of, of what the Protestants are. So if uh, the Vatican is so much pushing for a deadline, a date, and setting a date as September the 30th, like you say, that's, that's coming right up at us. And there is a reason for those push to get you to a certain point for something to really be in place for something else to happen. And I guess, you know, John, you and I have been doing this long enough that you see these red flags, especially uh, when you when you look at how they're date setting and getting things like we've got to have this by, you know, a certain period of time, like Agenda 2030 and the sustainability goals and objectives and how they want the ability to control how we move a product from other countries to our country and that kind of thing. And if you can get to the point that you can put all of that under, let's say, one surveillance system, then nobody has accessibility to it. And then therefore, if you don't do what they say, then you don't play the ball game. And it was really quite sad that I was looking at some things that had happened at the climate conference and and some things that were being said at the world economic forum and uh and really they were about saying if you don't fall into play to do what they want you to do in the coming let's say couple of maybe year at the most that you're going to be considered uh a problem and it was like you either do it or you're going to get your head cut off i mean they literally made those comments uh, that if you didn't fall in line, that there was going to be a way to just say, well, you don't need to be here and, and lights out for you. And we know that the number of guillotines that were seen by a lot of people, especially even with the amount of what I call like fake uh, uh, caskets that are those plastic things that they are able to put people in and, and then incinerate everybody, have been seen all over this country. And it's not from non-credible people. We're talking about people who have been in the military that have seen these things, that have come back and started making comments about them just years ago. They were talking about the numbers that were out there like that. So we literally are in a play with a bunch of 
elitist, internationalist, if you want to call it Illuminati, I, you know, I'll just say it's the, it's the serpent lineage at the top of the, the pyramid that is going to make all of this stuff come to play. And there's not a lot that we can really fight against it. I mean, I've heard people say, well, if we don't participate in this or we don't participate in that, the problem is the people like us and more than likely people who are listening to the show, you're very awake into understanding what's happening right before our eyes. But we're in the minority. And our ability to be on, let's say, a CNN or a big news network to, like, throw out the red flags and have people put the brakes on, the number of people that are out there listening to the other side of the fence, they're going to literally fall into line because they think that they've got to do it to save Mother Earth. And if you don't do it, then it's going to cause a major problem with Earth not being able to sustain itself. I do agree that we're giving out of everything to sustain life on this planet. And there has to be a brake system put in place. I mean, the water is getting to the point that potable water is not something that we're going to have available to us very much longer that's very pure and clean. I mean, your aquifers literally have become so contaminated with uh, the water that it's been just toxic. Um, and then the fact that we've had so much famine and also the fact that we've had all, all this problem with the weather being so um, adverse and crazy in different parts of the world, you can't build the aquifers back up. We're using too much, and we can't replace them. I think that one of the things that really concerned me was the release of information about plastic being found in people's bloods and, and, and how prevalent that is. And now they're saying it's in our water systems and I mean, it's literally that the contamination is becoming to a point past being toxic. And so I think that, like you mentioned earlier, that the the depopulation plan that they actually put in place to try to bring about a plague and then try to have something that was supposedly going to fix it if you got sick, you know, it's, it's quite evident from what I'm seeing from some of the drugs that were actually used, like remdesivir, that there are some serious complications that are happening with people who took that particular drug and the fact that the numbers of people who died, you know, of acute kidney failure, acute liver problems, and then the fact that we're seeing such young people dying now, um, just falling over with heart attacks and strokes just out of the clear blue that look perfectly healthy and normal and then, you know, standing up and then all of a sudden they're on the ground and they're gone. I mean, they're dead. There is clearly something that has been and is being done to cause that kind of thing to happen because young people should not have been affected the way that they have been affected. And, you know, I think back during all of that that we had other protocols that could have helped and they literally stopped certain medications from being able to be used because they would only reimburse the hospitals for certain drugs to be used. That's pretty bad. I mean, a long time ago when you went in, a doctor pretty much had uh, free reign to pick and choose what he wanted to give a certain patient based on maybe their history or whatever. But, you know, as time has gone on, I even remember when uh, my husband, Mill, before he passed and would go into the hospital, that they would have to follow a protocol 
And they'd say, well, we got to do this first, and we got to do that second. This didn't work, and then we have to do this third. Well, John, it was kind of bad because when Mel was so sick, he would be in the hospital continuous. And so we would get out of the hospital, and if he had to go back, they'd start that same number one protocol over again. And I would go, well, we know protocol one didn't work, protocol two didn't work. It took protocol three before we could get him back out of the hospital and get him home. They literally would have to start him on protocol one, knowing that that protocol was not going to help him. And then within so many days, they would flip to protocol two, and he still wasn't doing better and would cost going back into protocol three. Well, that made him spend longer days in the hospital where the hospital was actually making more money, but he was not getting well. He was becoming like a guinea pig to go through those protocols. And then at the end, when he got so sick, he spent over 200 days in the hospital before he died. And what happened was he exhausted all of his Medicare funds, something that, you know, one in a million may do in this country. My husband literally did that. And and what people don't realize and what our own insurance agents didn't realize is that once you expend that Medicaid money because you, you couldn't stay out of the hospital and like 10 days or 15 days to let it reset, then it left us without any kind of insurance. And thank goodness uh, there was a catastrophic plan uh, that started the first of the year that we were able to pick up before he passed away. And and yesterday was the anniversary of Mill's passing five five years ago. And and I see how this has only become worse and worse since I was living in those hospitals with him, you know, for the nine and a half years that he was sick after taking the flu vaccination. And uh, began warning people way back then, we, we, we've got a problem here and you better be paying attention to it because they're not only giving people things they don't need, they're going to make money off of it, and it doesn't matter if it kills you. They're making money off of it. And so when the plagues began to get a lot worse and I began to try to say something, you know, it was like, oh, conspiracy theory. And, and what people don't understand is I lived this. It wasn't conspiracy. I clearly was very aware of what was happening and saw it right before my eyes and only have been able to, you know, say this on certain shows because they will really cause you to not be able to talk about these things anymore because they want to shut you down for telling people this is the case. And I know uh, even when I did a little tribute on Facebook uh, yesterday for Mill, that I had people saying in 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 the responses, you know, I had my my wife died of this kind of problem or my husband died of this kind of problem. You would not believe the numbers of people that once people have found out what happened in our situation with Mel like it did, how many people began messaging me and, and saying the same things that happened. And that's the thing is we can look at what we went through the pandemic and and there were people who were dying left and right and nobody was making any concern over it. It was like no big deal and the numbers were getting bigger and bigger and bigger yet nobody was paying attention. So now, you know, we're in a situation where anything that's going to come out, anything that's planned as far as a plague, there's already a patented uh, vaccine. And I know I tried to make some comments about that and they shut that down on Facebook, you know, false information. And I'm like, absolutely not. The patent office already had these things and they were out there, but yet when people started finding out that there were patents for a vaccine before there was a patent for a certain virus, you're kind of like, how can you have a vaccine before there's a virus? You can't do that. 
So there's a lot of gameplay in that's going on that sets up these pandemics, and then they make huge amounts of money off of it. And so in looking at where we've got to be as far as population numbers by 2030, there's going to be some major things start happening. And the more that they can reduce the population, the easier it is to be able to put us under some kind of digital currency and buy, selling, and trading only with something that would be under a situation where it would be computerized and be where you can't get your hands on it. And, and a long time ago, I had a really good friend that lives over near an area where there is actually blockchain is underground. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is they were in an area and where there's a huge amount of electricity being used but yet it's not being like reported to the county it's not being it's not showing up in the county records and nobody's paying for that in that particular area so you go like well who is paying for it and that's how you see that there is this major conspiracy to get everything out of the ability for us to touch it in other words get the dollar out of our hands get the coins out of our hands and I know you were mentioning, came on, about the digital dollar. And that was one thing, you know, that, that Biden, like you're saying, is pushing, pushing, pushing the Federal Reserve and those people to get in there and get this digital currency going. And when they brought it out as a trial run back in December, and I know you mentioned this a while ago, all your major corporations were, nobody was like, oh, I don't know if we need to do that. They were all for it. So, uh you know, the fact that they did the test run, it's ready, they know that it's going to work, and it's just a matter of time before they pull it out, the rug out from under us. And once they get everything in place where they can do that, and then everything goes into that digital world that you can't uh, get your money. And it's, it's kind of like right now. I mean, you know, if you run down to the ATM and try to get the money <laughs> out of your complete checking account, they're going to say you can only get so much money today. And then if you go in the bank and you say, well, you know, I've got $50,000 in there and I'd like to take $50,000 out in cash, you can't go in there and get $50,000. I mean, you're not going to be able to walk out with that kind of cash because the banks don't carry the cash. It's all in cyberspace. And so being able to do, let's say, a rush on a bank, you can't do it. You can't go in there. If everybody went running down there today to try to do that, they have the executive orders in place to shut down. And once they well, shut it's down under it's executive worse. order. No, you're right, but but it's. I'll add something to that. Anti-money laundering law will only allow you to take out nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. That's it. If, once you hit the ten thousand dollar mark, you have to fill out all kinds of FBI forms. They launch an investigation. So you know, yeah. To your point, I mean, you man, help. it is bad. Well, you know, the thing about it, I think it was in Nigeria that I was reading about the other day, I think it was Nigerian Bank, that they were already saying to them, you know, they, everything had to be going in under digital. And if you wanted to, you know, do anything with money, it was it was a, like a small amount, like maybe $450 that you might be able to get out at any one time. It's, and, it's, and in some cases, it was like $45 in comparison to what it would be for, you know, here in America. So the intent in the smaller countries is already to make money not available to their people and forcing them to go digital and so once they get those people in place the big guys are going to get hit you know really really hard 
And and another thing, like you were mentioning earlier about them controlling, you know, what we do as far as buying, selling, and trading, I believe it was the U.K. that somebody – I've got a couple of people over there that do some research stuff with me that they send me different kinds of things. And I believe it was one of them, um, day before yesterday, that I got information from them. And they were saying that they had these, like, um, places that you could buy, like, meat and eggs and things of that nature, and they were being put under glass shelves. And, for example, if you were given an allotment – for meat, let's say bacon, eggs, and and maybe hamburger meat, that they they would say for the month of April you can get one pack of hamburger meat, one pack of um, bacon, and maybe a carton of eggs. If you went to get more than that, the thing knows you because you have to swipe it, and you can't get in there to get anything else. In other words, it's recognizing that you have already exceeded your allotment for the month in, in food. And, and if it gets to the point like that, and they have that shelving that will not let you just reach in, like we can go in the grocery store and Walmart and pick up eggs and whatever, and we just, you know, but they're starting to, in these other countries where they're having um, more famine, they're starting to limit what you can purchase. And so they may say you can have maybe three cartons of eggs or you can only buy, you know, two cucumbers and one tomato. They're getting to the point of rationing food in these other countries. And I know that, you know, we don't realize how serious the beef industry is, but uh, I, I got some reports on that that I was reading this afternoon, and they're saying that our uh, number of cattle is down about, to the level of 1962 in this country, and you look at how many more people they are in the world, and in, especially in this country, and we've got that few cattle left, and they were saying that the reason we are not seeing it in our supermarkets yet is because we haven't caught up to the deficit. But the moment that we get rid of the surplus that we've got, then those numbers are going to tail off, and it's going to be fast, John. It's not going to be like, you know, five months, so you'll see an increase, increase, you know, whatever. It'll get down to where you're going at a certain level, and then the bottom will fall out, and everything will just go escalating to the top of the line. And being able to, to buy that will just be, you know, it'll be very, very, very difficult. So, you know, who's got everything in place for that? Well, we know that Gates has been buying up every bit of property he can across the United States. And even in a little South Georgia town where I live, he's got land just right up the road in a little place called Hazelhurst. And, and why? Because he has the capability to grow cultured meats. And, you know, the speculation is, is that they're going to put up, like we have uh, gas stations, They'll put up little areas that you'll have to go into where you can buy your, like, cultured meats. And, of course, you know, he and Klaus Schwab were really, really pushing um, the fact that some of those would be used to grow, like, crickets and grasshoppers and worms for people to consume because it's going to get to the point of how do you get your protein? I mean, we always have had plenty of protein. We've had plenty of cows and then 
when we started looking at the sustainability goals and objectives, you know, the carbon emissions became the central focus. And everybody's pointing their fingers at cows because when they expel gas, it's supposedly causing the climate change problem and making the, the earth heat up. And now that that's happening and we've had so many of our cattle die along with the chickens, and the turkeys, I mean, this, this year has been probably the greatest loss in chickens and turkeys, and who knows when, how many have died. And then the problem is, is that H1N1 virus that's going around with those uh, the, the bird flu, that's a real concern because they now believe that there is a transmission that took place between humans. And once that flu crosses over into the human population, oh, my gosh, you know, what we thought was bad these last couple of, uh, you know, years, we get that into the population. And, I mean, it kills everything. That's why the domestic birds along with, uh, with the wild birds are having such a problem with they can't contain this particular virus because it gets into wild bird populations and then they migrate. And then as they're flying over, let's say, South Georgia or going into Florida or wherever they might be and they're, you know, their excretions are falling on the ground for the birds here to, to get on or into, then it sets up the problem of continued problems with never being able to stop the virus from getting worse and worse and worse. And then you just start getting human-to-human transmission through that. Boy, John, we'll have a problem because if that will be something you cannot stop. I mean, imagine it's in the, in the animal population to that extent I mean, it's bad enough when we were talking about a couple of years ago, and, and I was very much concerned about the mosquito population because of the Zika viruses and all the things we were seeing escalate from that, encephalitis and, and, and now, you know, the Nile virus and all that. That was just the beginning of seeing what it's like to get a virus inside of insects or birds or whatever and that they can turn around and pass it on to the human population. And then if the human population starts being able to go from being around humans to human contact, then we've got a major, major problem. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, and I'm an outside person, but at dawn and dusk, if you remember, they were telling people, don't go outside because of the mosquito situation. And um, and birds are, you know, everywhere. They're, they're excreting. They migrate. We're, we're looking at something that could very rapid. I guess what I'm trying to say is we were talking about in the beginning. When we talk about the end of days, we're talking about things that, like I said, that were further apart. It's not that we haven't had plagues, pestilence, famines, whatever. It's just that they're getting closer and closer together. So if something like this were to cross in from, uh, let's say, animals and cross over into the human population, it would be a quick problem. I mean, we already saw three years ago, and how fast something of that magnitude got all over the world and literally shut us down. But if we were to get something that would even be more of a contagion and you couldn't really go out of your house, I mean, and and do very much of anything anywhere, I mean, that was one thing that you could do when we had the past pandemic. You know, you could go fishing or hunting and you weren't really around anybody. You could kind of carry on a little bit of normal out, outdoor kind of situations. But if you were to get into where the birds and the other animals all around you were contagious, 
then how do you stay in your house? I mean, and how do you get out of your house? There there could be a very fast work. And I think that the the thing is, is that we're looking at those different, you know, riders of forces like we know as far as the apocalypse really happening and seeing them come into pass that pestilence and the fact that people are going to have these boils all over them. I mean, there is something coming that's going to be so much worse than what we are presently experiencing. And that's one of the reasons, John, that I had been writing this new book. And praise the Lord, I finished that book, and it's gone to publication. And I'm hoping within, uh, you know, the month that that book is going to be able to be out because these are the kind of things that are in my new book so that people can read it and just really have an understanding of what's happening and some of the things that they might do to kind of prepare for what's coming because it's going to get a lot a lot worse. Uh, I'm going to be in a uh, conference up at uh, in Atlanta. Zen is hosting a Sacred um, Word conference there in Atlanta on May the 26th, 27th, and 28th that I'll be speaking at, and I wanted to have this new book uh, available during that time that I'm going to be up, it's just something we're living. I mean, everything that you've talked about tonight on your show are things that I put in that book to try to make people very aware that we are not just piddling around as far as the end of days. We are in the end of days, and these things are going to get much, 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 much worse. So um, I'm hoping that in, like I say, within the month maybe or left a month that that my book will start being available, hopefully, and then by the conference time, I'll, I'm going to plan to the segment that I have at the conference. I will be actually discussing the kind of things we're talking about tonight because that is in in the book and be able to answer questions and things for people that will be you know actually attending the the conference there uh, in Atlanta in May. So it's um, it, it's a real concern because you know our ability to use technology to lock on to our bodies now. We biologically can't stop something that's connected with this mRNA and DNA uh, frequency that we have within our body, and it's to the point now that there's no place to run and no place to hide. We are clearly at that point that you cannot hide from what's happening all around us. And now I think one of the things that was very interesting to me a lot of people felt, you know, followed the Murdoch murder trial that was over in the Low Country there in South Carolina. And what anybody watching that should have seen, technology is what got that guy. And I'm sure that he didn't stop to think about, you know, what all could technology, you know, he could cover his tracks in different ways and that kind of thing. And I think he pretty much had done that. But I really believe technology is what led to him being indicted for the that murder, the murders that he committed. Because if you look at, you know, the fact on OnStar, you know, people think about OnStar in case you have a bad accident or whatever. Man, all you got to do is push a button. It's a great, it's a great thing in the event that you need assistance. But now with the cars. You know, and I think it was in 2014 that all the cars had to have those chips within them. With, with OnStore, you can map when you open a door to your car, when you close the door, 
where you are when you're traveling, your complete route that you did, how many miles per hour, in other words, how fast you were going, and when you actually started your car up and when you turned it off. You know, he never thought about, you know, saying, well, yeah, you were at that location. We can prove it because your car pinged here. It shows the door opened here. So, I mean, they had him by seconds, everything he was doing. And then if you look at the cell phones, they used those. And by tracking the towers, they know who had called, who he had called, the amount of time on the calls, and then what was on the phone, like if you had videos, information, text messages. In other words, everything about your phone that you can see it can be pulled up for somebody else to see. So, you know, if you look at it it, it, it really played a major part in determining his innocence or guilt. And, you know, in other cases you might could have thrown it out and maybe you could have had somebody throw a, a hung jury because they didn't really understand could he, could he have been there, could he have not been there. With technology, you see it. You see it in real time. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, that on-star information actually came from General Motors and that they had given that prosecutor that information. And then the fact that the special agents uh, fled there in South Carolina, the law enforcement guys, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, they were able to extract the cell phone and get the information off of them. So where we used to think, that we have some privacy, John, we don't have any. I mean, that if anything, that court case on live TV, if people, you know, were watching that, gave you the understanding that there is no place to run and no place to hide. And a couple of years ago, I, I know I made mention to uh, this, I think, before on your show, that on Google that they had told me how many, you know, miles I had been in my car, how many miles I had been on my bicycle, and how many I had been on my motorcycle. How did they know when I was on my bicycle versus my motorcycle or my car versus my motorcycle or my bicycle? But they had it all broke down. And when I went back and looked, they were completely correct. Now, how did they have that information? Because those things have the capability of tracking everything that we are doing. And some people say, well, I, I don't know that they can do that. I've got my cell phone turned out off or I don't want that information. Well, it's not that you can't get it and you might not want it, but you're being tracked just like this particular guy was in this murder case. So I, I just felt like that once I uh, was aware of how that case came to be and how that technology was used to bring that man to a guilty verdict. Imagine now if he was if that happened to him and they are tracking us like that and you decide, well, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that and avoid try to avoid the mark of the beast. Don't fool yourself. There's going to come a time unless we're taken out as Christians uh in a catching away. We're going to be faced with a choice of you're going to either take this mark or you're going to go to your death. I mean, it's going to be your choice. They're not just going to walk over there and kill you. They're going to give you the choice of taking the mark of the beast, or you get a choice of getting your head cut off. But there's going to come to some people alive who are going to have to, if they refuse that mark, they're going to die instantly. 
of course, I, I try to explain in my book about what death is simply like, that you really don't die. Your body might have its head cut off, but you're still alive in the spiritual body, and your mind is with you, and you know who you are. So there's there's this thing that I really am trying to get my work out about that, so that if you have to make the decision to do that, that you realize you don't really die. The physical body is just the same thing as the spirit body with your mind in it. But when you step out of the physical body, your mind is not still in there. It's actually with the spirit body, and your spirit body looks identical to what you look like. Uh, and, and by the way, it's a, it, this is something I love to laugh about, is that these people who are doing this transgender changes, you know, they're, they're a man, they want to be a girl or want to be a girl and want to be a man, your spirit body is something you can't change. And let me just say, when that physical body drops over and you might have those tattoos and all these great things you got, you got your body, physical body adorned with, well, your spirit body looks just like God created you. You're not going to have anything like that. You're going to be with the, the six that he actually said you were when he created you in his mind before the foundations of the world. So, you, you know, don't fool yourself that you can change anything that God established in the beginning. But the thing about it is we literally are coming to a time in this world where evil has got the capability to remotely control you. And that's one of the things when I was trying to sit down to, to do the work that I did uh, on this, the book that's going to be coming out is to really let you know the technology that's going to do it and how that technology exists, how easy it is to make you like a, you know, a robot and how you're going to be remotely controlled. But they're going to make it look so good, just like uh, thinking about using OnStar. I mean, when that capability came out, and I, I, I think about how Mel, that was so sick, my husband, that passed, it was wonderful that I could have him in a vehicle, and if something went wrong with him physically, I had that OnStar to get an ambulance to us or whatever. But that's where technology has a good side and a bad side. And so it's pushed upon us to help us for the good stuff, but it's being used and it's going to hurt us for bad stuff. And um, I, I just don't know if there is anything other than hoping and praying that the catching away will happen before we get to the point that we have to make a decision. I've always felt like amen. that. Amen. Biblical scripture. I'm you know, sorry, but I had to um, amen you. I had to amen you. Yes. I, I had to jump in and I, say, Amen. Okay, so well, hallelujah. If we, cause, <laughs> yeah, if 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 we don't have that happen, it's a serious consequence. And I do know that in Scripture, it you know it tells us it's a man is number six six six. And I'm thinking to myself, once the bride, which is the church of believers, is taken out of here in a catching away, then the Bibles are not going to be something that anybody actually is going to care about because they're going to have a great excuse on what really happened to us, and. You know, I went to see a movie that really kind of gave you an impression, and I had never thought about it, that once the rapture happens, they'll try to make it look like something else happened, which will give less credibility that a rapture actually happened. Do you know and what? It's also so check it out. The, the alien agenda. Yes, you nailed it, because um, I have the testimony of uh, Pentecostal pastor Sori Park from – Korea, who was taken to heaven, had a conversation with Jesus, 
specifically about the rapture. And um, and he was told by Jesus that NASA will come on worldwide television and tell everybody that the aliens took them. And what's interesting is David Doetry spent uh, – he lives about an hour south here, and he's been a guest on the show two times. In 1996, God gave him a vision of the rapture. And um, um, he had prayed for 10 years every day, beseeching God to please, please let him see a vision of the rapture. Well, 1996 came along and bam, he got a vivid vision of the rapture. And what's fascinating is he he put he pumped the information out on you know as best as he could, but it was 1996, and back then the internet really was very very immature. Um, but right. he tried to get it publicated or pu- publicized, but people were rejecting it because in ninety in the in the mid 90s, the concept of alien spaceships really wasn't broad, you know. So it was it was right. widely was rejected by anyone. So then in 2002, uh, John Ting from Five Doves publishes the 1996 vision that David Doetry was given by, to the, you know, by the Lord. And he saw a large Death Star copper-colored sh- copper spherical-shaped spaceship show up in the sky and he said that every television set in the entire world was showing that huge Death Star copper colored mothership on their television. So all, not just 195 countries, all 243 with the island nations included. So every every TV was told that every TV would have it on. He says, but you don't do that. You need to go to the store and get as much food as you can possibly get for the next three weeks. Because after that, what the Lord showed him, he walked out back. He, he, so the vision, he was like there, really there. He walked out of the back of his house. It was nighttime, he said. And he could see blue streaks of light shooting up into the sky. And the Lord said, those are my saints. When you put David Doetry's 10-year prayed-up vision of the rapture side by side, oh, by the way, uh, Pastor Augusto Perez was also a guest on the show, and he said, oh, my gosh, I had a vision of the same exact spaceship. So we've gotten so many confirmations over that, and um, I knew the other thing is there's a barley harvest, a wheat harvest, and a grape harvest. And the reason that we know that there are actually three separate calling ups is because the Bible says so. So if you look at Luke 12, verse 35, 36, 37, 38, you see Jesus coming back from the wedding supper. And he walks up essentially to a group and he says, blessed are you if you are part of the second watch. I will take you back to dine with me. And then he goes, and blessed are you if you're part of the third watch, for I will take you back to dine with me. Where do you dine? Married supper of the Lamb. 
So there were three separate watches. The first watch, of course, was already in heaven. That's why Jesus didn't even mention it. So um, that and that aligns to the harvest of Israel, the barley harvest, which is in around Pentecost, you know, the bringing in of the Omer. As you know, an Omer is just a bundle of barley. That's also known as the first fruits harvest. And what's interesting See, we know that the wheat harvest, which happens during the day of the Lord, after the three days of darkness, we know that's, in, that's between Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 and 17. That's where the day of the Lord wedges in. But anyway, we know the wheat harvest, they, everybody, all the uh, uh, prophecies, dreams, and visions, they're all, they all call that the final harvest. And the reason is because... After the three days of darkness for about 40 days, the the people, the Christians, the members of the Bride of Christ that are still here on earth at that time will be transformed into their light bodies. This is captured in uh, Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3, um, uh, you know, where it says, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of God is, to, is seen upon you, and deep darkness, deep darkness is upon the rest of the earth. And the Gentiles will run to your light. That's the final harvest. Because, and, and by the way, that's captured in Matthew 22 as well. Because the great king in Matthew 22 in that parable, he first he sends out uh, his servants, it says, to go out and basically bring people to Jesus. Um, but then he says he sends out, quote, and I do, and I've checked it. It's not a 9999 in Strong's. I looked at the actual Greek. It says that he sends out, the great king sends out other servants, other servants. Where did the first group of servants go? Ding, 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 ding. That's the barley harvest. So then I saw the Lord showed me the last four or five words of the third seal, which is what we are entering into right now with the collapse of the SVC bank. It's the global financial collapse. That's why a day's wage is what it costs for, you know, a loaf of bread, essentially. And um, you, you, the last few words are do not harm the oil or the right. wine. Well, that's a direct reference to the bride. So my assumption was that the barley harvest, you know, would have to be here past the end of the third seal. And, you know, because I, I clumped them all together and said this whole group, even though it's three iterations, and, you know, the grape harvest doesn't happen until Revelation 14. And if you use your NLT, it actually uses the word grape harvest. It's really fascinating. But anyway, the in closing... If you understand what happens when that great earthquake occurs in Revelation 6.12, that great earthquake is caused by a meteor slamming into the earth, and it shakes the entire earth, and the whole earth moves to and fro like a drunkard, uh, Isaiah 24 style, right? And so the whole earth is destroyed, and it's also captured in Ezekiel 38, verse 19, I think it is. It starts out by saying there was a great earthquake in Israel, but when you keep on reading the rest of the verse, it says, and in you know and it affected all men in the earth so you know it's the same global earthquake event what what happens is after that global after that meteor smashes into the atlantic ocean which by the way it's going to be i mean right i mean i'll be able to see it coming toward my house it's a thousand feet high 
it will wipe out Florida. It will go all the way up to the Appalachian Trail. I even got a, a thir- three, three degree, you know, thir- you know, a relief map so I could look at where the water would flow up from the tsunami. It, the tsunami is absolutely unbelievably huge. 22 million people will die on the east coast of the United States. But that happens before. It happens prior to the barley harvest. I'm sorry, to the wheat harvest, the final harvest. harvest. It happens. Yeah. So when here's the cool thing. When David Doetry saw the rapture that God showed him with the big copper-shaped Death Star spaceship in the sky, he, he everything was fine. He lives an hour south of me at Sun City Center. There wasn't Florida wasn't underwater. So right mm-hmm. away I put two and two together, and then Sori Park was told by Jesus they don't know, even know each other. Sori Park doesn't know David Doetry from a hole in the ground, and so when and it was mm-hmm. decades prior that he talked to Jesus, and Jesus said, "Oh, NASA's going to go on all the TVs and tell everybody that the aliens took them." So I'm yeah. like going, "Well, that has to happen before the great earthquake and the and the tsunami." Because obviously David Doetry couldn't have been standing in his backyard saying, seeing all these blue lights and streaks and saints going up in the air. You know what I mean? And so I was That's like, right. going, wow. But what we don't know is when. I mean, you know what I mean? You can, you can right. assume, yeah. well, revealing of the Antichrist has to happen in Second Thessalonians 2. So you get the revealing of the Antichrist. You got the strong delusion, which I think you, me, and Zen all agree is definitely going to be a massive arrival of fallen angelic beings. Um, yes. But you just don't know when. It'll drive you completely crazy. And you see all these giant black satanic walls heading directly at you with SVV and all these digital currencies. And you're going, Lord. Oh, yes. Did you forget us? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's pretty freaky. It's kind of a little scary. Well, I, I'm like you. I think that there will be that first group that goes out, and then, of course, you know, he's got to seal the 144,000, which definitely are going to have to go through what you're talking about, and they're the last ones out of there before that second coming, and that's going to be a pretty significant situation. You do not want to miss the first boat out is what I would say. You want to be a part of that group that's taken out before anything else gets any worse because, like you say, then you you start talking about wormwood and and it hitting the planet here and it killing a third of everything and the rivers becoming completely toxic. I mean, those kind of things are going to be, like, awful. I mean, they they talk about the, the, the hail falling out of the skies, what, a ton Hail is going to weigh a ton of hail like that when it comes out. I mean, we, we're used to seeing maybe football-sized pieces of ice falling out of the sky, but can you imagine a ton of ice falling out of the sky at you? I mean, there's no place to run, no place to hide, and, and the death toll will be so bad during those earthquakes and those hailstorms and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, anytime you think about us being hit by any kind of meteorite, even the small ones can cause massive destruction. But you think about something the size of what it is, a star called Wormwood, you're literally talking about a huge thing hitting us. And, of course, we know that the Vatican put their Luciferian, little Lucifer telescope out there on Indian reservation land, so you can't get out there to watch what they're up to. But why in the world do they put it out there? Because they know that thing's going to come out from behind that sun, and it's going to be on top of us before you can say scat. And that's one of the things right now, even with NASA, 
they are finding that they can't even see something coming after us sometimes until it's already past us. Not too long ago, there was a pretty size, um, pretty big size asteroid that was right on us, and they didn't recognize it was that close until it after it actually went past us. So, yeah, I mean, there's this situation that they are aware of. This stuff is coming, and it's going to be really, just like Scripture said, it's really going to be very bad. And you don't want to be left here when that, you know, when the bridegroom comes to get the bride to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you if you get left, oh my gosh, I think that would be a worse nightmare to wake up in the people that you know that were really Christians, and you go over there and the graves are all broke open. You're going to know that you got left behind, and and I know a lot of times people want to believe that those people can band together and fight the Antichrist. But if you're not even sealed in your forehead, I mean that's why the 144,000 are sealed because you can't fight against something that's locking on to you, and that's one reason well, well, that and, and this book right, that I've because, done you can't uh, get away from it. The, yeah, sorry to step on you, but uh, folks, uh, you know we might run a little bit over time. Uh, the live feed will drop, and you will not hear us over the web, but you are welcome to call 319-527-6020 if we run over time. No problem. You'll be able to continue to hear the show. Again, it's 319-527-6020. And you're absolutely right, um, Joy, uh, you, know, it, it, you know how the Bible says that the locusts are allowed to sting everybody except the people with the seal of God on their forehead. Isn't that something? So, That's right. yeah, they they still get some extra protection from the Lord, and the Lord has every intention of bringing them all home. And um, uh, I, I pray God for that. I mean, it's it's scary as heck. I don't think we can really put into words how horrific it's going to be after God's, you know, after the Great Tribulation kicks off, which is, uh, it, it's, 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 Revelation 6.17 says, and the date of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Well, First Thessalonians 5.9 says, we are not appointed to wrath. So you put First right. Thessalonians 5.9 together with Revelation 6.17, and you know that the Great Tribulation kicks off immediately after the sixth seal. And, man, it gets ugly. I mean, my goodness, oh, yeah. you read that stuff. There's like all kinds of monsters from all over the place coming down on the earth. I mean, it's like, oh, forget that. This is worse than Stephen King the Mist. That's right. I mean, it, it, it clearly is. The, the Church of Philadelphia was said that they would not have to go through the wrath of God in that final tribulation. So when you think about the Church of Philadelphia, you know, it was kind of the group that we grew up in, the church that we grew up in. And that's that's why when that bride is taken out, that's kind of like the Church of Philadelphia believers. And what's left here is these Laodicean, Nick's lukewarm kind of church that he says he's going to spew out. Those guys are going to have to go through that that tribulation is going to be that wrath. And, and clearly, if you don't have that seal of God on your forehead, you are going to be, like you say, attacked by these things. And it, and it says you want to die, and you can't die. So you know that these people more than likely have taken the mark of the beast, and they're in a transhuman state, and they have all this stuff that's supposed to be letting them live forever, faking it to them to make them take the mark to start off with. And then they can't get away from it. They're locked into it. And so the torment and the pain and the suffering will just escalate. And it's just a, a beginning of what they're going to feel for the rest of their lives in hell. And you can't, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, Scripture is very clear 
about what's going to happen. So far, it's been 100% correct. It's not going to shift from being 100% correct to zero correct. And and we know that even NASA is preparing for uh, the revealing of, you know, alien, uh, some type of alien thing, because they hired a priest. And they they train them to prepare for the day when there's they're going to announce that there's aliens among us and they're they're you know there's oh, an alien this. nation out there. Okay, get this, get this. All right, see that's that's why I don't mind at all going overtime with you, Joy, because I tell you what, there's so much news out there, it's absolutely mind shattering. But I'm going to read this to you. By the way, this is from the Military Times. Okay, we're not talking about some rag mag out in the United Kingdom. This is the United States Military Times, uh, 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 you know, online magazine. The post is Pentagon UFO chief says alien mothership mothership is in our uh, in our solar system is possible. Now, look, how long have you and I been around? Think about it. It really hasn't been but like the last three years that they've been openly talking about. And I, you know what? I've been thinking about those little orbs, those white orbs that got shot down by some of our jets. And I, I thought, oh, you know, yeah. and I know you know on. There's no way they could have shot down one of the scout ships. There's no way. They move way too quick. They can turn at a right angle on a, on a dime and they go thousands upon thousands of miles an hour, and they can outrun anything. Our best weaponry, they can outrun it. So here's the thing. I thought to myself, what if they were like probes, alien probes that were just – because, you know, you got – I know this is kind of controversial, but I love controversy. And um, in the book of Daniel, two times Daniel says, I saw a watcher, a holy one. That's right. And so what happens is, you know, it's not until they turn against God and disobey him and then come down and get into no good until they become naughty watchers, if you know what I mean. So I'm like, That's right. whose, whose probes were they? Okay. And is this, I just am blown away that the Pentagon is coming out and telling everybody that there is, it's very possible that there's an alien mothership cruising around our solar system. Well, they've doggone known there's alien motherships <laughs> cruising around the <laughs> solar system. They've known it for 25, 30 years. So, you know, for, for them to come out and put this on the military times, it just smacks of a conspiracy issue where they, they know something is about to happen, and they just want to get everybody's pumps primed. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's what it is. I mean, you know, a long time ago, they called people like myself that were exposing the UFO phenomena problem. You know, we were conspiracy theorists or we were crazy. And, you know, the, the people and the things that I actually saw in my own eyes definitely were not something that in, in, in humans we could be a part of because our, the G-force, our, our, our body physically couldn't go through something like that and I used to try to figure out how you could be flying in that kind of craft and you know was there some kind of gravitational thing inside the craft that would allow a human to be able to stand the g-forces that were actually being seen that those particular craft could do but I believe that these things have been with us from the get-go I mean they were here in in the very beginning I mean there's pictures of them there in in the pyramids so they've been here a long time and the and the other thing is is that with things like for example the the Chinese balloon thing that happened 
you know, and we find out that NORAD didn't didn't even know those things were in our airspace because they said they had to go up higher to get away from all the, I guess, different um, smaller objects. And I'm like, well, what are all those other smaller objects <laughs> that they supposedly brought their radars down to be watching for balloons that they're actually seeing? You know, they're going to have, I mean, it's getting to the point, it's just like when they went before our Congress, uh, you know, the Pentagon and that kind of stuff, the guys that were involved with this new agency for uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, let me say it's the UFOs. And they said, I mean, they stood on TV that was being filmed, and they, they said, we're seeing this every day. The numbers are increasing worldwide. All the countries are developing their own task force to deal with it because it's got a propulsion that none of us have known about. It's not our adversaries. It's not our allies. We can't outrun it. We can't do anything about it. It can shut down our you know, our missile sites. So, like you say, that the, the thing that they film, the little tic-tac things and the way that they move like that, there have been documented cases in MUFON forever with the military people who, let's say, were on their deathbeds because they were so afraid that, you know, the government would come back after their family or they would take their uh, retirement money away from them, and you know, things of that nature. And on their deathbeds, there were pilots who were saying things years ago, John, that they were seeing these things and that they were so much bigger and faster and quicker do not lie when they know they're facing the meat their possibility of a creator and what would be their benefit i mean they wouldn't be here to get any money out of the deal most of them waited until all of their family members were dead and they were dying to tell it so it was not something that they were going to get anything out of they literally right, were right, trying right. to leave information for somebody to yeah. know Right. You're applying the principle correctly so. That's a, a, a critical thinking skill, which is quid bono or who benefits. I mean, it's the same principle that puts people in jail for the rest of their lives. If you, you, know, if you don't have a body and you don't have um, a motivation at all, then the person's either a serial killer or you haven't found the right culprit. Um, and so, yeah, you always want to apply it. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is, gonna, this is mind shattering. And by the way, folks, listen real quick. I got to retract something I said earlier. The report, and thank you, um, Brother Lewis, um, for letting me know. The report about uh, Pope Francis instructing the Vatican entities to move all their funds to the Vatican Bank by September 30th. What was not included in my uh, report, in the report which I canceled or captured for the show, was the date that that came out. And the date that that was released was August 23 of 2022, which is not all that long ago. But my point is this. I was thinking, because I didn't have that publication date handy, I was thinking that we potentially had until September before the whole cookie crumbles. But you know what? I got to retract that, folks. This whole cookie could crumble like in five or six days. I mean, and listen to this. Joy, you're going to flip. I did. I flipped. Um, uh, This is Tucker Carlson. Now, what I discovered in the last five days about Tucker Carlson is mind numbing. He knows whatever you see him talking about on his show, 
you got to multiply it times about three because he knows way more than he's revealing. Listen to what he's saying on this other show. This is amazing. Here, I'm going to pull it up again. Listen to this. And this guy who's a tenured Stanford medical school professor, he comes on and he's like 11 years ago, the U.S. government reached out to me because I'm an expert on head injuries, on brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries. And they had all these court cases from families of U.S. servicemen, over 100, who'd been killed by UFOs. The Department of Defense was refusing to give them death benefits or medical benefits. And he's like, so they're in the courts. And I was like, there are over 100 servicemen killed by UFOs? Like, what? He's like, yeah. And there are court cases about it. I'm like, why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? I don't know. And in a number of cases, these things have landed on military bases, including famously in Germany, in West Germany in the 70s. And servicemen have approached them. And they approach and they get traumatic brain injury or they're killed. And he studied their brains. We got a call from this guy okay, who's a tenured Stanford it. medical school professor. Okay, there we go. How about that? I, you know, in all the studies that I've done, I've known about the radiation poisoning that a lot of the uh, black ops, you know, you know, they have the black ops teams that are located in Europe and South America and Central America. And those black ops teams are 24 by 7, 365 at the ready with a Chinook helicopter. And they fly out to the crash site and then they put a cloak over it and they put chains around it. And then the, then the Chinook chopper will carry it off to, you know, Patrick Air Force Base or wherever. I think Patrick is the one that they do the most UFO stuff. But anyway, um, but probably other places as well. But anyway, I was like, I have never heard in all the years that I've studied this stuff, I have never heard of the traumatic brain injury thing. And so to hear that from Tucker Carlson, I was like, going, wow, that's like, well, they, they must be like, what do they do? I think that they're probably using some kind of frequency to destroy it because the pineal gland is actually transmitting and receiving, and they could literally cause them traumatic brain injury by using that one gland in that head between those two hemispheres of their brain to do exactly, and it would be it would be like lobotomies and things of that nature. You could just mess somebody up by having the frequency and causing the brain injury. But I, I did not realize that there had been a you know hundred servicemen that had been in that kind of situation. And I agree. I mean, I think the the thing about it is we're going to be getting more and more information that's going to come out that's going to make people understand that UFOs are real. I mean, that's that's the plan. It's like the new thing about Jesus gets us. It's a way to indoctrinate people that we can stay the same that we are and that the new Jesus, the new Messiah, which we know will be the Antichrist, he gets us because we can continue to do what we've always done and we don't really have to change and we don't have to seek salvation. The same thing with the UFO phenomena where it was pushed aside and said it was nothing but conspiracy theory. It is now going to be shown that it's very real. That's why they're getting the, the... NASA's getting the priest in place to be able to handle, you know, what the Vatican said a long time ago when the alien brothers, when they come here, we're going to baptize them and we're going to welcome them with open arms and and that kind of thing. So all of that is being played up as a real-life event, And, and we know that because we know how Hollywood will actually have movies about something before it really happens. It's no different than the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization doing planned, like, pandemics, and then they happen like they had actually rehearsed them. We saw that with the 9-11 
stuff that was done before 9-11, and then it kind of follows suit directly as almost as like following a, a script. And and so I, I've always said that the guys that are evil will play this stuff out in our face, and then they bring it to pass. It's, it's like they're kind of forewarning you, but yet it's funny because we, they think, can't see what they're doing, but yet they're they're actually preparing the world for that revealing. And oh. it is a perfect thing oh. to utilize because we've got the military saying it's real. Oh, it, 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 so check it out. So in the sixth seal, which is, again, the, it took me a long time to stitch all this together, but it, it is the day of the Lord. Um, it, it's in the midst of it. But anyway, um, in the first uh, verse, which is verse 12, 12 and 13, but primarily 12, it says, um, you know, it says, uh, and the stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. Now, mm-hmm. we all know that stars is a very common metaphor used for fallen angelic beings. But what's really fascinating is the following movies are movies about alien invasions, and e- each one of them, with one exception, that. I don't know, but let me just go ahead. So Without Warning is one. Battle L.A. is another. How the End Begins is another. And Green uh, Greenland uh, is another. And in each of those movies, prior to the aliens arriving on the scene and starting to kill people en masse, meteors were falling from the sky. Um, Battle LA, it was really, really in your face. I mean, they were just like meteors, like thousands of them splashing down into the water off the beach. And then moments later, these aliens were coming out of the water, killing people. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, that is so biblical. It's like prophetic. It's amazing. And I, uh, anyway, yeah. I, looking back on all of it, I even have a web page uh, on, on, on Tribulation Now. It needs to be updated really bad, but it's got something like 20-some movies that are, like, biblically prophetic. Um, maybe not, yeah. you know, you, you can't see it's 100%. You can't see that there's, like, not a little bit of Hollywood woven in. Of course there is. But when you look sure. at it, like, for example, like in the movie 2012 – when the elites, and by the way, it is elites, get their little pagers that tell them it's time for them to go because the cataclysm is about to start. The place that they're all going to are known as arcs, A-R-K, arcs. And they're ships, really elaborate ships that are built into the side of mountains located around about Nepal. And I was like, you know, I'll be a monkey's uncle. I mean, right down to the word ark. <laughs> like, yeah. man, they're not missing a trick. Well, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely possible now to see how the alien agenda will be utilized and the fact that we've got the military with pictures and definitely NASA uh, hiring that priest. I mean, there, all of that to me is, is is a setup to get things in place, just like, you know, the, the cryptocurrency coming, the fact that we've got 
those kind of things set up around the world. It's just that they're getting all the little pieces in place. And then when the crisis happens, John, it just, it's like, it's like domino effect. Boom, 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 boom. It's not going to be like, well, this will happen and that will happen. It will all collapse at the same time. The crisis will bring about all of that at the same okay. time so that it forces the issue. It's not going to be like it has been in the past where there would be a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like I said, that, like a woman in travail, when that baby gets ready to come, everything collapses. Everything happens at yeah. one time. You know, And, and that's where I think we're almost this. at. Well, yeah, we kind of are. We kind of are. Yeah. Think, I mean, just a really quick recap. Um, you've got the UFO threat front and center coming directly out of military news telling us a big mothership right. is most likely out there. You've got that. So that's one freight train heading directly at you. You've got the SVB uh, global financial collapse because that's going to it, – it even says in the one article about it, it says they have operational headquarters in – uh, oh, golly, Jiminy Crickets. Um, let me see. I just uh, handed the article to somebody here. Hold on. Uh, almost there. Yeah. All right. Let me click on this and read it. It says, SVP has branches in Canada, the United Kingdom, China, Denmark, Germany, India, and Israel, and Sweden. So, And by the way, that's just the Silicon Bank facilities, never mind all of this, the other banks that have been doing business with them that have inter, financial interdependencies, right? And then how much of that $27 billion are the cash reserves of major corporations? All gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the layoffs that will occur? That's right. This is basically going to make a lot of companies insolvent. And then to actually have them partying and celebrating right down the road, uh, you know, and getting caught celebrating right down the road from the bank while everybody's standing in line, you know, wondering what are they going to do? They just lost their life savings. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all connected together to do one thing, and that's to bring about what's happening right now. And, you know, when when you look at the serpent lineage and the number of people that are a part of that, there's getting to be more of them than there's ever been of us. And they know their time is getting short. I mean, they they know, they know more about what's happening than I think the normal Christian does. It's kind of like when Jesus was here in the, you know, the the demons that he ran out, they knew he was and the very people that he was talking to and whatever. They didn't even understand that he was the son of God. But these, these beings, these entities, these things that are here, that it says they are like us, but they're not of us. They're different. And I'll always believe that, like the days of Noah, it says there was only eight souls worth putting on that ark to save. And I think we're getting to the point now that there's just not a lot, I mean, I think that's why our churches are suffering. There's nobody else left. There's nobody else that's going to turn and come to God. And when that moment, that last person does it, John, that's, that line in the sand's drawn, we're out of here, and then that, that terrible day of wrath is going to fall on this planet. 
Oh yeah, I used to I for the before the Lord it's it's interesting. I look back on my life and I'm like, man, did this really happen to me? I'm like flipping out. Like um I wrote an article back in twenty ten called Multi Phased Rescue Mission and I hypothesized in the article about I broke down Luke twelve, thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, et cetera, about the second and third watch and everything and Jesus coming back. And I said, Look this strongly looks to me like there's going to be more than one rapture. And I wrote that article in 2010. Well, right now, there are people out there writing books about this. We had one fellow that did write a book about three raptures, and he came on the show to share. Uh, there is another uh, person out there on YouTube that is also telling people all about it. Now, you know, I could I could take the arrogant approach and say, yeah, they're closet listeners of the radio show, so they're just going out and repeating what I'm saying. But I do not, I honestly, with all of my heart, I don't believe that that's the case at all. As a matter of fact, the guy that wrote the book that came on the show, he had no idea. You know, and, and of course, I didn't tell him that I wrote the article back in 2010. I just let him give his testimony, you know, because it's so yeah. cool when God... You know, it's, you know, it, he can let's put it like this. Yeah, it's like, you know, George Norrie is, as we know, is the host of, you know, Coast to Coast AM overnight. Okay, he took over for what's his name. All right, now, so, but think about this. George Norrie was the only one who ever did the show, and he never had any guests. Then what you would do as you listen to it is you, it would lose credibility because you would have one person saying that they know all these things. And you're like, well, who the heck are you? And what makes you so special that you know all these things? But when you bring guests on and they're, and you just set them loose, you know, and they're saying all these things that you've been saying for years, let me tell you, it adds an awful lot of credibility for the listeners when there's a group of us, you know, singing. We're all singing the same song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh, and we're down to the last six minutes of the program, and I know that you like to pray before the show is over, so I wanted to uh, let you know, because sometimes blog talk radio, when you go OT, you know, overtime, sometimes they um, pull a fast one on you, and the plug, <laughs> they pull the plug off the show, and you're sitting there, like, sure. right in the middle of a prayer, like, bam, and then you're gone. Right, right. Well, like I always like for people to do is that we would pray the Lord's Prayer together because it was a you know a prayer that people ask and the disciples ask you know Jesus about how to pray. So I would just ask that you would just uh, repeat with me the Lord's Prayer and um, and I pray that you will just come to know our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, don't put it off. These things are really real and they're really happening. And I don't want anyone to be uh, caught up into what Satan's lies are going to be because they're going to get more and more where you cannot tell the truth and the lie. So if you'll bow your head and, and repeat the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Amen and amen. Well, I'll tell you what, Joy, this was a really, really powerful and super relevant program because, uh, you know, we're talking about things that are clamping down on us uh, really, really fast. Fast. And it's a lot. It is fast. Not one thing. You know what I mean? It's not one thing. That's the thing that's so scary about it. Everything. It's, it's, everything. It's Central Bank Digital currencies. It's the whole thing. Yes. It's the whole enchilada. Yes. When you think about it, the only thing left is chopping people's heads off. That's right. I mean, really, once that's you're right, done converting John. all the Walmarts and shutting down all the stores, it's just the only thing they got left is their little Grim Reaper dude sitting there with the hands on the guillotine kind of thing. You know? Yeah. And that they want the population down because, they, you know, the more they can get it oh, down, the easier yeah. it is to control. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no. Really it's, it's, and it's I think horrible. about when, when you and I first started doing this, these shows, me and you and Zen, oh, my gosh, you know, the things that we would talk about, we have seen come to pass. I mean, that's one of the things that's just unreal is that we were talking about all this many years ago. And we are watching this unfold just like we thought it would. And we were laughed so much about being conspiracy theorists. And now here's NASA and these other people proving what we were saying all the time. It's amazing. Oh, amazing. oh no kidding. I downloaded a um, – so uh, I learned a long time ago when a major cataclysm, cataclysm happens – uh, whether it's the San Bernardino shootings, if you remember those, or the yes. Pulse Club shootings, in, you know, in Orlando, what I've learned yes. is what you got to do is you got to be on YouTube while the event is in progress, downloading every YouTube video you can get your hands on, because the people that are there are capturing what really happened. They change right. the story, and they lie, and they put patsies in the middle of it all, and then they come forward and give you this complete bunk story. Different For story. Example, That's right. Yeah. I have, I have live video. Well, at the time it was live, of a lady who is standing literally outside the building during the San Bernardino shootings of like, you know, a dozen people in the boardroom, and she said, I saw... Six men come out of that building in para, black paramilitary outfits, get mm-hmm. into um, uh, black Tahoes, and drive away. Well, yes. when you listen to the whole story, oh, well, they just magically, like an hour later, found a couple of people driving down the road on the main drag of San Bernardino, and they said, well, what do you know? We caught the bad guys. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. In an hour, the bad guys could have three states away. Do you really think we believe that those are the bad guys? Come on. I'm, and, you know, I most know. people, um, Joe, but Joe Sixpack, you know what I mean? He's going to believe it right away. Well, we've gotten, they've got it so conditioned that anything we hear that, you know, it's coming off the news that it's, it's credible. And the problem is, unless you understand that we're in the days now where fake news is the trend, and it's how much they can fake you into believing something. And they've done quite a good job of it because most people are so engrossed into yes. little things and not expanding their mind and doing the research and following up on it that they don't know any different. It's true. As a matter of fact, I have a quotation from Obama that says, when we get the people to the point where they don't trust any news source, we have arrived. And um, I right. think we're getting off. 
close to that. Praise God. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to get pretty darn excited because I'm kind of with you. I'm thinking we're so dagnabbit close right now. <laughs> it could happen any moment. We should be pretty darn excited. I, I mean, you know, because I just, oh, look at all this stuff. I mean, hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you so much, Sister Joy, for joining us uh, again. Well, listen, I love doing program. your shows. I love being on your oh, show, John. We've been, been doing this a long time, and it's wonderful to be able I, to do a show with somebody that really understands what's going on. Oh, with. man. Thank you I got so three much days for being a great host. I got three you know, I got three days before I turn 61. <laughs> I'm running out of gas. Oh, well, uh, 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 have early happy birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll graciously accept that. Although most of us <laughs> over 60, when our birthdays comes, we're going like, oh, no. I have this T-shirt. I know. I, I want to get this T-shirt. It's so funny. Um, hold on just a second. I got to find it. I wait, wait, There it is. Okay, and I got to find the person that I sent the T-shirt to. There you go. Okay, get this. The T-shirt says, it's weird being the same age as old people. <laughs> I know it. Like, I, I look around oh, when no. I go someplace and I'm like, oh, this is not good because they're probably a lot younger than I am. And <laughs> I don't want to look that no, old. I got, I got my hair oh, cut at Fantastic Shams. And the woman looks at me and goes, you're a senior, aren't you? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, that. that's it. I'm, I'm moving to Panama in a jungle little bungalow somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much. And we will you, see you in a month. I love you, too. That sounds great.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.